What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. JP. And now I'm Andy. Right Hi Andy. Good to have you here, Hello. mate. We've just been uh, chatting uh, in the pre-show about Tory breakfasts, roast dinners, Loki. Uh, good to uh, good to have you on, mate. It's been, uh, I'd say it's been too long. We have you on the FPL show pretty much every week, uh, giving you us, us your uh, your FPL tips, but uh, always good to chat to you, mate. I, I can't be giving any chips away on this show, can I? So, uh, <laughs> Maybe you went I'm, safe, I'm, I'm safe this week. I'm safe this week. But we now, missed it last week. It wasn't the same with yeah, that. Yeah, no. No, I was uh, too busy watching uh, Thursday night graps at the uh, at the bread shed watching uh, the return of F1 fans to wrestling and also Chris Brooks. <laughs> uh, Those two things might be related. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, but no, really really fun show. The main event of that show was um Irie and uh, Dan Maloney. Mm. Belting match, belting match. But I was about 8 pints deep and I was loving life, so hey, what more do you want? Oh, you got yourself a nice souvenir as well. Nice T-shirt, that, mate. I don't know what percentage well, of the profits I'm getting, but, you know, apparently Brit Rez is dead. Don't know where we've heard that before. Well, yeah. yeah well, uh, Doris didn't know who you were. But no. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> I, I was promoting it last week. Well played. Unbelievable. You, you, I think you, yeah. were, uh, you were winding them up. You were making them... Uh, this is the problem. If you, if you say you're not mad on the internet, people think you're extremely mad, so there's no winning. So I have to, uh, to go with the gimmick here. Yeah. Buy the T-shirt. It's a good T-shirt. You've got one. Liam got one. People were uh, taking photos to make fun of me over the, the weekend wearing one. You know, I, I'd like my cut, Andy. That's all I'm saying. But you know, I think it's a it's a good concept. Ne- ne- next time I see him, I'll I'll, I'll ask uh, Benel's after a cut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that'll yeah, as well as on you. 
that lends as well as our tip Twitter interaction. That there was no winning that. Like as when no. somebody when someone goes for your haircut, like how'd you come back? Because even if you've got, I was thinking this through. Even if you've got the best haircut <laughs> in the world, you've still lost, haven't you? It's like it's like arguing yeah. you're not mad on the internet. You just you appear more mad as you go. There's a uh, you gotta yeah. learn to it uh, to take your losses sometimes, JP. Um, and I think I uh, I lost that round to uh, to Alderese. Well, you, the only way to respond is, and I'm sure that the last weekend would very much prove it, is that um, Brit Rest is alive and well, <laughs> as, you, as you well know. Is it going to change the, uh, change the name of the live tier to that? That's what we'll go with? It is. Yep. Al- alive and well and kicking. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we could play Alive and Kicking by Simple Minds. That was the early t- tune for the launch of the Premier League on a side note. But yeah, it's, you know, you should get your cut of it. But like fair play to him, like good good luck to him. I hope he does well with it as well. And if you're listening, go and I'm sure it's on his big cartel page. Pay me that go and buy. I'm getting nothing from it. I don't know why I have no vested interest whatsoever. <laughs> no, you do because that was your idea originally. What was the t-shirt you were gonna have? It was uh, Brit Rezis dead with me. We were talking in the pre-show about me pissing on the yeah. uh, WBHQ in Stanford, Connecticut. But was this gonna be a gravestone? Are we still uh, is that t-shirt yeah. in the mud now? Oh, I was going to do it. A little logo from that guy from uh, um, Calvin, from Calvin and Hobbs taking a piss. We just put red hair, ring of honor tracksuit on it, taking a slash on a grave. Someone wants to mock up a design of it. Please absolutely feel free hmm. that we, 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 you know, that, that would be awesome for you then doing that. Yeah. But I, a lot more subtle style, I, I, I would have thought for you. But yeah, hmm. now, now it's you, you know, sort of, I don't know. With a baby which has got Brit rest tattooed on its forehead and you're just raising it, aren't you? <laughs> Lifting it up. That's it. I'll get I'll get in on the on the ground floor on this uh, alleged the uh, Brit Res resurgence mm. that's happening um, after this weekend. But we're obviously gonna be uh, talking that uh, talking about that later on. We got one of the reasons we got your on Andy was to talk that we were hoping to get JP's um uh, live takes up getting to uh, to Royal Quest, but uh, <laughs> what two hours on the uh, the, the bus or something like that didn't work out for you, JP. Daft Q, train strikes, fuck that, I thought. North London Derby was about to start, and I was not necessarily happy about watching it in a like on a bus, but like I thought, nah, fuck that, watching on the queue. And I watched it on the telly, more than made up for it. That's all I'll say. North <laughs> London is red. So um, it worked <laughs> out all right. we expect you on the FPL show on Thursday, then? Is that what it is? Is that what, uh, what's coming now? I can't. Good week. I, I, well, unless you want me calling in from uh, my live thoughts on Arsenal versus Bodo Glimpse in the Europa League. Please do. Because, uh, <laughs> Go live that's, on the that's, be, that's the content that people want. If it's if it's empty enough, I'll do that. I'll go and stream yard on my phone, illegally streaming a football match from high up in the Emirates Stadium. My son bollocks <laughs> me for doing it. Yeah, that'd be that'd be that'd be quite amusing actually. Um, but no, that yeah, that's um, so I didn't get to go and see it. It was very much for me as we talked about it on the preview show, like a, a kind of one match card, which apparently absolutely delivered. So you'd imagine you want to get up on that up on the website as soon as possible, New Japan. But yes. as of uh, time of producing this, it's not up there. That'll be coming at some point. We, we wanted to get, like we said on the pre-show, wants to get uh, Karen's live thoughts on as well, but obviously she couldn't make it over with the uh, the Florida situation. But, oh, well, we'll make do with uh, with some 1PW stuff. But I was going to say, other than that, yeah, we've had a lot, a lot of content going on. The other reason we've got you on, Andy, you are the... Uh, we did, uh, we did uh, a, a show that I'd say was probably very well received. I wasn't sure which way it was going to go, but it was going to be either the best show we've ever done or the worst show we've ever done on the Patreon this weekend in that we let Matty run the ship. <laughs> we did New Blood versus Millionaires Club finally, which was 
more, uh, I don't know, analysis of Vince Russo in, in 2000 is probably more the uh, appropriate uh, title there, uh, JP. That kind of whole, pretty much that entire year in the end of the uh, the post-Kevin Sullivan era as uh, Matty was uh, very much, uh, it was kind of, it was out of the launch of defending Russo with Matty Edwards, the world according to Matty Edwards, swerved with Matty Edwards. We're going to come up with a, a name at some point, but yeah, we missed the trick, haven't you, Andy? You've been, uh, I've noticed from the, the, the knock, graps and claps oh, podcast yeah. feed, you've been <laughs> You've been suffering all this year with the WCW 2000 stuff, so you probably enjoyed listening to uh, to us lots suffer. Yeah, so like at the start of the year, we did a vote on um, on Twitter when we were um, graps and claps. Uh, what what do you want us to see? And uh, yeah, ended up on WCW 2000. Now Chris Chris, Chris Wilson, who does who would do the show with, he he's like an encyclopedia on the um, on the topic, so he. He can recite everything, but I've been sitting through every Nitro and Thunder. Um, I've just finished Fall Brawl now, so um, Mm. sat through all them, sat through all the pay per views. God, God, it's a wild, wild ride, and it's Stone Cold Terry Belay. What a a character that is! I, I thought that was like one of the best, you know, bits of organs, like. You know, last, see, I enjoyed it too. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. But like, I, you know, we what? What did it actually stop? We didn't get into the JP, the back of his jacket with FUNB. What's it even? Stop? Oh, FUNU blood. Okay, well, I got it now. Yeah, like, so it was FUNU blood. Words. <laughs> took me a second. Like the whole like it was purely like I was saying on the podcast. Like when I was a, a kid, I did think it was. I was like, oh, Hogan's kind of feeling like kind of cool and current. And you watch it back, he's just doing his best Steve Austin impression. You know, black bandana aside, he's just you know all denim. Black denim, Hogan kind of like doing backstage brawls with uh, with Kidman and the like. He's trying, JP. He's trying to keep up with these uh, these young thirty eight year old whippersnappers on the uh, on the new blood side. <laughs> we went through the ages. That was terrifying. Yeah, it really was. Like the new blood in their early thirty, the early thirties versus late thirties slash early forties uh, mm. at, at that stage. It's oh, I mean, it's it's the double whammy of some of the worst television booking ever hmm. like you know tna dregs booking <laughs> like yeah. really and it's, it's 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 when you see like um you know like sting and vampiro you think right there early early part of their feud oh it must be done sting's battered him three or four times and it actually is like a six month long <laughs> feud it's like how on this how, dvd how, how, Three minutes. How is it? How is this happening? But uh, yeah, it's just it's it's bad. You know when they pick out like a carbon copy, so it's uh, perfect. Sean Sean Stasiak and <laughs> yeah. Chuck Palumbo as a knockoff. Uh, Lex Luger, he he was so green green as grass. Oh. Chuck Palumbo, just stick him in front of a mic. He, he was terrible. Sh- oh, and- Sean O'Hare, the IWC pick. Yeah, natural ball thrillers. Because like yeah. the legend is he was going to be the fusion media champion, wasn't he? That era of WCW, if Bischoff had taken hold, he was going to be the guy. Business could have been so different. Could have been so different. And he, like, he could do a swanton, and he looked impressive. And I like those early vignettes when he was in there's that too. weird devil's advocate character. Then he pissed off, did some MMA, and died. <laughs> um, pretty much, that's... 
got broken the law like most of these lads tend to do. There's an alternate J- 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 where he was like, he was this generation. He's like, the, he was the he was the John Cena instead of John. You know, yeah. He was in that Randy Orton spot or uh, or something like that. I, I don't know on that DVD. Did you get to? It was um, Gene Oakland versus Mark Madden on there. We got a lot of shit Mark Madden commentary, well, but we didn't get it. Man, 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 cow versus Jimmy Hart. That was a match <laughs> in that time. Um, that. Oh, it, what's it like? Gimmick matches like um, Mike Awesome also always had an ambulance match. He had like eight ambulance matches in the space <laughs> of a month. Yeah, and I think right. he lost. He lost every one. Same with the wall. His 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 gimmick was oh he puts people through tables, choke slams, and then that. Every match he lost by he lost himself by going through a table. It was oh, just the funniest <laughs> thing doing the podcast. Like hearing Matt the joy in Matty's voice as he explained to us, like Jeff Jarrett's what felt like a title run in a three week span between yeah. the Nitros and Thunders. Explaining the like he had dates, didn't he? JP he had the dates and yeah. the times of when all this stuff happened. That was just you know the. the don't nobody nobody get the wild idea of going out there and watching this DVD. By the way, the New Bull versus Billionaires Club DVD. It was a limited edition. The only WCW DVD they did. They only released it in Japan. It's limited edition for a reason because it's a piece of steam and shit. Because as bad as these stories are, the DVD makes it twenty times worse by like spending the first fifteen minutes going on about the NWO for some reason. Then it gets into. Then it just bounces around all these angles and if you don't get a enough of a headache going through like russo wcw 2000 as andy has going through the timeline like this is your second time watching it jp like i couldn't make it through the first hour without taking a break like it was fucking, I'd, I'd gone from russo and bischoff and the powers that be to stone cold hogan to a hummer angle to a ready to rumble trailer to some david arquette stuff kate russell turned up that was in about 15 minutes like how could the <laughs> it was horrendous. It made for a good podcast, but it was one of the worst watching experience I've ever had in my life. I would say watch it in the same way that if you say, oh, I like horror, and you go, oh, do you like horror? How extreme do you like your horror? And go, what's an uncut version of a Serbian film? That's effectively this version of this film, of, of this DVD. It's like you think you know WCW2. Well, watch it. Watch WCW four months of WCW in 2005. Well. Not a year. Not about Millionaires versus New new blood which isn't on there Moot, like you know Moot is never involved in that angle and, and yeah. there it you know there it is it's just a fucking mess but the, try to watch it the real challenge is to watch it without taking a break yeah because yeah. like you are convinced that you have like time never moves slower than watching this DVD it <laughs> was a point where Kevin Nash oh. been, Kevin Nash had been covered in red liquid which became an angle he did for the new blood, like they'd soak them in blood. That's where he. That's where he just stood there and let and the blood went to the other side of him. He said, hey, "I'm not. I'm not getting that caught up in my beautiful hair." The Kev's not the room as always. But that happened. And I looked at me time, and it'd be like 25 minutes had gone by at that point. And then we get into Sting and Vampiro and. The new blood rise up if you Jarrett laying down for Hogan. And if this all sounds terrible, I cannot underestimate how much Matty enjoys all of this stuff. So if you want to hear yeah. our, our wrestler takes convention. There's like, a series. So where where watch, where did, where Nitro did you get watch alongs, but Nitro and Thunder watch alongs. What do you reckon, lads? But just Russo era. Russo has to be booking or nothing else. 50 pounds. Where, did, where, did, where did the um, DVD end then? Was it on, was it on like, um, Fall Brawl, like Goldberg Steiner? Nash Booker T, wasn't it? Think. On, like, a random... Nash Booker T, yeah. yeah. So, so before before the pay-per-view, they actually had, like, um, 
a four-on-four tag, but it was for the WCW title in Russo's Revenge. So it was like the triple triple cage thing. And Nash ends up winning because he just like stands there at bottom at stairs. Russo's looking to get out with it, and he just like, there you go, Kev, just walk out. <laughs> but, that's, but to be honest, that's actually a well-booked match. It's actually pretty good to watch. And even... Um, I think you said Goldberg and Scott Steiner. Yeah, what I really a, enjoy that. That is a, yeah. that is a, st- a storyline that's just really good because he's just two hard bastards and you yeah. don't know what the what the, what what they're going to turn out like in the actual end. But Unfortunately, nice. we get sidesteps into into storylines that are entirely about the idea of like, well, yeah, well, everything you've seen before was a work, but this this one, this three-way match, this is actually a shoot. Like, there's a lot of that, unfortunately. Yeah. So for every... We're off the script. <laughs> yeah. Just hear that a couple of times. Honestly, we we had a good time recording it. Um, we had a few beers during it, JP, which I think was uh, was needed to get through it. You know, we had a few breaks uh, during this, uh, as uh, James said, un- no voiceover on the DVD to even explain what's going on at any moment. But we did get, like I say, full advert for Ready to Rumble, weird music videos for Stacey Keebler, Tory Wilson, Major Guns, and, uh, and Matty's favourite, Pamela Paulshock. Uh, we had a good check, good chat about it. Uh, if that sounds up your street, patreon.com slash grapple and you can hear our suffering for uh, for two hours, JP. Best of them watching the DVD, I'd say. Yeah. Watch, watch us as an alternative track while listen to <laughs> us while watching that as an alternative track because that's the only way to kind of get through this as an experience because you certainly don't need to hear, hear the commentary. How did, how, did Ma- how did Matty talk us into doing this? Is the this weekend, JP? Well, I, I've been digging year, it out for a while. Seventeen-year anniversary, JP. This weekend of Joe versus Kabashi, and we watched New Blood versus Millionaires Cup instead. <laughs> <laughs> how did I lose that argument? <laughs> That's coming, by the way. That's definitely happening. I'll t- well, <laughs> I. I'd be intrigued at doing the whole card. I think that'd be an interesting slice of time, like the whole card, you being at it as well from beginning to end. I can end. tell you stories you... of um, being in Gabe Sapolsky's car and getting a lift to Philadelphia Airport and the back of his car was it full of McDonald's wrappers. Mackie's, yeah. yeah. The most McDonald's wrappers I've ever seen in my life, just saying. Um, You're a good no friend. Game to be game. This week. Good friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we agree on Loki. Uh, so He's happy is, these uh... days, isn't he? He's got his job back and shit. <laughs> Fucking right in raw. He is Russo. <laughs> No, he, sh- he should be in fucking. He should have been in AW. He should have been booking ROH. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a staunch Gabe guy, so I think it, uh, you know, deserves his, his place in history. I'll be, I'll be talking you lads into doing that. I'll tell you the whole story of uh, going to New York and Philadelphia, and yeah, we'll do the, uh, we'll do the full show at some point. JP, I think it's, uh, I think it's time. We got that. We got the problem is we have got too many ideas. We have got eight million different shows. We keep saying we're gonna do yeah. so. You know, <laughs> we'll get to it eventually. We got a uh, what else? What else? What else? We said we got coming up in October. Halloween Film Club could even. St- there was sneaky Halloween havoc in there. Joe Punk was one we yeah. wants to get back to. Um, observe this coming up. Too much. Observe this. Yeah, loads going on there. Patreon.com forward slash grapple are uh, our pithy news updates as well mm. um, on there. So, yeah, all loads of stuff coming up. And then November, mate, is, uh, yeah, 25th anniversary of Montreal, and we're going to do Matthew that fucker to, to death. 
I'm realizing this during the service introduction of the podcast. We need to stop Matty. Boy. Like he's killing me slowly. Montreal month, JP. <laughs> the month. It is the 25 year anniversary, so I suppose uh, yeah, it makes it. We'll make it work. We're gonna do like we're thinking, aren't we? Wrestling with shadows. World's you know. greatest work, mate. We can look What's at the observer. Real? That That's week. the big revelation. Not yeah. happening. I'm not having that conversation. Well, we have the conversation. I'm not having it. Be, uh, be the the winning arguments. We can look at Brett in WCW for a palate cleanser at the end. We'll, yeah. uh, we'll get through it again. If suffering's your thing, patreoncom slash grapple and you can hear Why us. Why do we uh, do this to ourselves? Jesus. Us <laughs> oh, well, honestly, it's like um, it's one of them. It's like like uh, like uh, like uh, Matty's a. Uh, Oh, well, I'd say Garrett's hero more than Matty's, but like all of our mates, Eric Bishop would say, Re- wrestling's not about the matches, JP. It's about the uh, it's all the other things that happen on the shows. That's the uh, I think it's going to be our our tag live of Atro for the next file. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? It's yeah. There's not going to be like you know we should be doing, doing like limb by limb descriptions of of matches and stuff. <laughs> Although I do want to get Matty on an all Japan wave. That's something that I've been uh, been looking for. Do the reverse. To. There you go. Yeah. Because I mean, boss man in all Japan. I reckon that's the way getting Vader <laughs> like in New Japan. That, I reckon he'll, he'll be up for watching that. Of making making poor Gareth sit through New Blood Millionaires because Gareth's a big uh, limb work moves man, despite how much he uh, he loves uh, old EB. So yeah, maybe make Matthew watch something like that. Yeah. I, I Headlock, say, look, to- headlocks, hip tosses, and lariats. <laughs> I don't like the order. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a, it. Was bulldogs, wasn't it? Bulldogs, uh, hip tosses, and uh, lariats. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that could be the name of the series. No, I was going to say on that Bishop point, I do actually. He's a fucking idiot. Don't get me wrong. But I do think, like, this is where I will agree with Matty. People who complain that there's not enough wrestling on wrestling. You know when you see, like, those Twitter accounts who do, like, they'll do, like, they'll stop, watch Raw and go, there was only one hour and 47 minutes worth of matches on Raw this week. It's like, that's still a lot of fucking matches. The problem with WWE TV or wrestling in general is not that there's not enough matches. You get a lot of fucking matches. I I I would never go full Russo or, in this case, full Bischoff and say, you know, you don't need matches for, uh, for wrestling TV. But I do think that there's an argument that, like... I think especially, you know, with the way the AEW product sometimes is so packed with, like, right, right Rampage, they'll squash eight matches into a, into a show. Like, less is more, I think, with matches in wrestling. I think, I think wrestling TV should be there to build angles and to do promos and to make the matches that happen there be a lot more. Is that a controversial take, JP? Am I so pilled now? Is it watching that TVD? Has it killed me? Um, there is a happy medium in all of this it's just that very rarely they hear as we when we talk about like AEW in a bit i mean like it's it's what's the you know when you think of the level of matches you you realize that a lot of tv wrestling but certainly tv wrestling that we would have grown up on very little in the way of matches and matches of meaning and substance weren't things that we got only really up until the like the attitude era and nitro and the like where you started to get these main main events and they were telling stories throughout shows but no, it's, it's, I mean, my, the thing we've always said, and I'm sure Andy, you'd agree on this as well. It's just that Raw's too fucking long. Yeah. It's mm. too fucking long. It's two hours. Like it, that's as much as it should be. And I don't even think they've got the material for that really. Unless like, but two hours would make for so much of a better show, but it's like when hours. you see, it's like when you see Rampage even like an hour, then they try to fit five or six matches in it, even though they're like mainly like squash matches, it's just like, mm. Not bothered. <laughs> Just reminded by like Italian TV when Raw lasts three hours. I know you've watched Raw and SmackDown, but it's just like it's excessively long. 
Mm. So in Italy, they'll have a game show go on for three hours. But there's mad things like models, dancers, and footballers like knocking around the place on a version of like you bet. Mm. But like in Raw, it's it, I, it, I don't know. I mean, is there more matches? When I seem to go through like kind of doing any recaps, it tends to be that you've got sort of what six to seven matches. There, that, I mean, loads fuck of them. There's loads of them. They're pointless. Like I don't know if you did you hear Lance Storm and Brian Alvarez on a on the Lance Storm show on F4. It's at all time of an argument where two people are talking past each other and not hearing what the other is saying. I'd recommend listening to it, but it's kind of torturous at the uh, at the same time. But like the nugget of truth in what because because Storm Lance Storm's trying to make this point about how. WWE build their stories using the matches on Raw. So the match isn't about the match. It's about, you know, the screwy finish that's going to lead to the match at the pay-per-view. And he's trying to make the point that AEW's not like that. And, I mean, there's some truth to that, but there's, it's also kind of a very simplified way of looking at it. But that is the case. Like, WWE TV in general is just filled with pointless matches that are there to kind of fill time until the pay-per-view comes. And I think... Maybe it's not. This isn't directly a, a criticism at AEW, but I think as fans, I think we've kind of oversimplified like the solution. You know, it's like because because as Simon says in the chat, uh, um, like you know, as we've said a, a number of times, you know, WWE's been crap for you know <laughs> nigh on twenty years, and it's not necessarily the fact that the way it's it's like a it's become to borrow a phrase from Matty the IWC solution as well we just need more wrestling on TV and I don't know I don't know if that that that's really the solution I think it's like with like say with AW sometimes I think less would be more wouldn't it there is such a thing as too much of a good thing there is such a thing as packing a show too densely with matches you know and there is such a thing as letting things breathe and letting things feel like they matter because you can you know spend the five minutes after the Moxley Danielson you know title change and you know soak in that moment rather than having to immediately go after air or soak in a moment like osprey turn up or soaking anything that happens on rampage when it's just being fucking knocked over your head constantly match 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 like yeah, that is the that is the, the the one bit where i kind of agree with bishop and i'm almost a little bit you know sympathetic to the way russo would want to do his tv that yeah you know i think tv is there for that it's to build the bigger stuff to build the, mm-hmm. the just even the tv main events but more importantly to build the the pay-per-views um and then you know darren says here we need more wrestling with meaning but you, the wrestling has more meaning doesn't it when it's been yeah. built too well you know and that's the that's the solution i'd sooner they took a ufc approach at times and you had like it's almost like what the takeovers were yeah. you had Five matches, but you really fucking built them on the card. You had people talking about them. You showed behind the scenes. My thing, and again, I'm, I'm boring with this, but it's always been about how it's presented. And the problem is it's still stuck in crash TV mode. It's scripted still in crash TV mode. It's still paced out in that way. And there isn't really, and it requires big budgets. So you're kind of looking to WWE and AEW is the ones who can only do this on any viable level, but it's about how it's presented. Like it, the, like it's about, as Darren said, it's more wrestling with meaning and you can create that meaning. And I get annoyed every time I see really good, like YouTube videos from AEW doing backstage stuff or like seeing the likes of a Sean Ryan doing it for WWE, but it's kind of, it just exists on the internet. It's like, this should be front and center of like building up your stars. This is the kind of stuff that people are used to when they watch sports. And it requires a level of like that. They want that kind of level of realism. 
rather than that complete separation away from reality. And I think at times hitting them over the head with kind of characters belts and the rest mm. of it, it's just like, Jesus, slow the fuck down. Like really like it's, it, it, it doesn't need to have all of this, but then I, I don't know, like both of them have kind of forgotten the art of telling a story throughout a show as well. And having the kind of like ups and downs of like a show long storyline that don't seem to be able to do that too great. Neither extreme is perfect, is it? It's about balance, about mixing it up, as uh, as yeah. says here. You know, you can have the odd week where it's slammed like that, but you know, you can also slow it down. You know, for the for the, the match, you know, the show with the big match on it. You know, and do it kind of that way as well. Um, but yeah, um, there you go. Didn't expect that. Side sidestep into uh, yeah. <laughs> Eric Bischoff's least least important part of wrestling. I wonder if he's still Garrett's hero now after he's uh, he's come out and said he doesn't like uh, doesn't like actual wrestling matches. But <laughs> there we go. Um, but yeah, I mean, from there, I don't know. <laughs> Antonio Noki's dead. Is that where we're going next, JP? What's well, yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I can't a, think of a, a good side. Switch, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, wrestling didn't end up the way uh, a certain uh, person wants. In, uh, in wrestling history, um, we haven't got a, a wrestling business full of shoot fighters. I think that's uh, to simplify mm. that man's uh, that man's dream. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I talked about it on the uh, on the daily update. Jamie, I've got to definitely mention it. You know, you, you uh, obviously uh, somebody who, uh, who's followed this uh, quite sorry quite uh, quite closely. Mm. You know, um, but obviously, I think with with uh, with Anoki, there was the big um, kind of. Announcements during SmackDown, it was um, when it, it got announced that he that he had died. I think people knew he was uh, in uh, in very bad health over the uh, the last uh, last while. Or so can't say it was at a a huge shock, but I'll tell you what, Dave Meltzer will be busy this week writing that uh, that obit for the uh, Observer. Uh, JP, I mean, uh, how'd you do the big man justice? I mean, uh, as far as like bits I've seen out there that have been really good so far. You know, obviously, you know, our baits over a post wrestling done a done a great job. There's a, a write up on the main page mm-hmm. and John and uh and WH um, did some uh, some great uh, audio about the big man if you uh, if you do want to sit under that learning tree and uh, and learn. It's one of them. It's like, you know, it's uh, as much as, you know, to that conversation we just talked about then. You know, I'm sure there's uh, there's matches uh, you can recommend uh, JP and all, but it's almost the uh, the mythology uh, of the man himself and his kind of influence mm. on the uh, on the wrestling world that you're hearing uh, more talk about than uh, than anything else. Yeah, that's it. You've just uh, like, I mean, how do you describe him? And in many ways, if you want like kind of like crass US comparisons, he's Vince mixed in with Hogan with a bit of the kind of wider celebrity of the Rock. And that makes him sound like some sort of glorious human being. He, you know, he, he really, he really wasn't in that in that regard. But he's a massive figure. He's the guy who effectively ends up popularizing Japanese wrestling to the West. If it isn't like, you know, and because it's the lineage of Japanese wrestling, if you're into Japanese wrestling in any way, shape, or form, it would have broke through to you because of Inoki, like all of the roots and everything else. That was always the thing I remember of him growing up because when I got, first got into wrestling, he really wasn't wrestling much other than you'd read about a big show he had, which would have been in a an Aptomag, or it would have it would have de- definitely had coverage in Superstars of Wrestling and then Power Slam. So it was always the kind of stuff that you read it up about him, but he is this kind of like mythological figure from the kind of origins of the fact that him and Barbara, are Ricky Dozan's two kind of prize students who end up forming their own companies that then dominate the Japanese landscape between New Japan and All Japan. The fact he goes off to Brazil 
and he starts doing, you know, he, he goes trading over there. And I'd wholeheartedly, by the way, like recommend doing a lot of the, the reading up that you say, but also in New Japan World, um, they've got a massive playlist of like, this is free up there on the site for you to go through. Some, some of, of which are, some of them aren't. That's the thing. You've got to really yeah. pick and choose. But I was on there today. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the yeah, bigger yeah. ones. Yeah. And I, I had a look on, on there as well, but it's, it's the fact that he's probably like, you know, if you're thinking in terms of the big promoters in history, he's second, like behind Vince. Like that's simply like the kind of how history will end up kind of recording him. But you don't get modern day New Japan or like anything else without that. And now, and obviously there was a period of time where he nearly killed it in terms of when he went to the shoot fighting stuff. But <laughs> I think on a Nokia's and fan JP in the in the mid 2000s. That was when I was coming up as a like a hardcore yeah. kind of. I wouldn't say tape trading fan. I was more of a uh, Kazar slash Limewire fan, and uh, you know, yeah. I'd, I'd get, get like you know these match comps like the Inoki Vader match I was going to mention in a minute. Uh, that was one of the, uh, the, the believe it or not, I think it might have been the first, if not the second match I ever downloaded on the internet. Uh, between that, um, there was Vader Handsome was in that pack, and I think uh, Masawa Kawada was a uh, was in that pack as well. And then kind of like trying to get into like to New Japan during that period and being mm. like, okay, this is very much, very much not for me. I could see it being like right down your alley. I, I did. It was because it was new and it was novel. And because I'd been reading the Aptomags and watching WCW, which that was the thing. If you watch WCW, any of those tapes, from the moment it's all Muta, and it was like, right, where's this guy come from? He's come out. You never realized he was on like necessarily on, on excursion, but it more felt like a loan, to be honest with you like a proper good loan move because that's the most successful excursion that there really ever will be. It's the one that's kind of worked the best. He came back with like this fully defined character and was immediately over. And it was like, where the hell has he come from? Oh, there's this company from New Japan. And then you see footage of other shows they did. And then after a while, like you saw like Liger and you're like, who the fuck is he? Like, this is, this is great stuff. And then, and, and that kind of comes from him and his willing rather like Barber, like it was insular. It was about the domestic market. It was about the shows that all Japan would run and they'd import in the Gaijin. And that's just the way he worked. Whereas Inoki was always looking outwards, which is how you end up with the things like Korea, which by the way, he had no issues like kind of doing <laughs> Saddam Hussein as well. Was that the other one? Other Saddam Hussein. Well, he, that's part of the reason of his celebrities. He got some hostages released, didn't he? That was the, the thing that he did. And, um, you know, he seemed to be like in other Asian countries like Pakistan. I know Meltzer's telling these mad stories, right, about him having this kind of shoot fight with some guy called Akram and the rest of it. It sounds like real, you know, Puerto Rico fucking levels of people kicking off and the rest of it and having a match against this, this bloke's nephew and the rest of it. But, you know, what defines him? He's a kind of a look. Like, I mean, if you want to go back and watch his wrestling, like, I, I can't claim to be like the world's biggest kind of expert in terms of like breaking down his style You're but he's in the late 70s, 70s and 80s aren't you, which, you know. yeah what is that type of wrestling at that point in time he's incredibly athletic for that era of wrestling but it's very different i mean i watched him and andre today which was good because he's got like levels of kind of crowd heat but it's not like kind of they're not really like doing moves to each other necessarily there isn't that kind of level of it's not meant to look like that. it's all very much like a kind of raw battle isn't yeah. it and you'll have prolonged kind of but worked holds on the floor whether it's on the legs or on the arms and that was the prevailing style of the day and then obviously he created 
like what we think of as strong style, which is, I suppose, is it more a philosophy than any kind of yeah, like wrestling style? <laughs> that, yeah. like, like pro- progress, you know, they're, they're, they're strong style. No, not like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and that's it. And there, there are going to be people, you know, give, who are going to be better placed than us to, to go you know, through that style. I mentioned to Boo Park there. I know Chris Linnae is a big fan of, you know, this, uh, this kind of period of wrestling and stuff. But even just going in, like, uh, you know, there was a couple of um, playlists that that got quarrels. I can't remember who. Um, there was what was the one that was on? Uh, somebody put it on Twitter. Uh, it was one of the the, uh, the fanboy people. Um, but it had like the. Uh, it's basically got all. I'll retweet it. It's got all of the uh, the matches that are free um, on New Japan World. Like I say, there's a few on there that that aren't as well. But you know, it goes through that history, like the Andre stuff. The there's a there's a Hogan match from '83, which is with Hogan yeah. right on the cusp of being. Hulk Hogan, you know, in the uh, in the WWF, and it's kind of like, yeah, wild to see that in there with obviously is a is equivalent and a Mate, in he, in that much being a different man. Like it's it's Hogan without the Hulkamania gimmicky stuff and the kind of like it's like he hasn't quite noticed the crowd properly. Mm. It's quite weird. He's still he's still like relatively reserved, yeah. but the fucking heat in the place, mm. they're going batshit. It's fucking wild. That's the thing. It's pure. You know, Meltzer said he's the, the only person he's ever met. You know, he's one of like the three people he's met in his life with that amount of charisma. It's Hogan, Rock, and you know, it's Anoki. Emily Pratt. It is yeah. If you follow her on Twitter, yeah. Emily Pratt. She had a, a good kind of playlist of, of those matches. But even yeah, just to see like the the aura of it, or to see the Vader match, which I'm pretty much sure we covered. You know, the Vader debut. Mm. Did we cover that on the squash matches mixtape? I remember yeah. us talking about it at some point. Like that came up, so it was quite uh, quite interesting to see that and to compare it with that 90s and 95 match that was the one that i that i had one of the early days of internet one of the very first pure proper like bureau kind of take trader type matches i watched was that one with like you know which is fucking incredible like from the moment like i watched the a longer version they've got on new japan world and it's got vader trying to show respect to anoki and hold the ropes for him and he falls on his ass and falls over they don't they don't mention that bit leave leave that bit out he lets him in the ring and he's showing him respect and stuff and then the match itself it's like if you thought vader would go you know, easy on him. You know, Minoki being like, I think I think I read he was about fifty two at the time. Like, Vade, like there's a German suplex spot in and it's the one big bump. Anoki takes in the match and the reaction of the crowd because they know it's this old man taking this horrendous looking bump on his neck. It's incredible, and it's a very you know he he fights back. You know, spoilers and and wins. You know, the the big the big uh, charismatic uh, hero even against you know, the present day monster. I think it was end of uh, days for uh, for Vader in uh, in New Japan at that at that point as well. But you know, it's during Anoki's uh, multi year uh, retirement tour. So like with music, yeah. you got to give him the uh, got to give him those uh, those wins, and it's what pe- what people came to see. It's really an incredible bit of work. It's like it's a lot of fun as far as like you know a more modern style match that might be you know easier for people to to get into. To than you know some of the the harder nose you know stuff you can get from there the seventies and eighties your Ricky Dosans of the world and and all of that stuff. I'd I'd recommend those simply because like those kind of big matches against the big stars you're seeing properly amped up crowds. You're the legend who are of them, into everything. Oh yeah, you really do. You see the legend of it. Like I mean, there was stuff with him and Hanson I was watching today, and it's just like Hanson is so well defined in Japan, and he's kind of like everything that they want in a foreign wrestler really for that period of time so it, it's it's just like perfect matchups and you know it's one of these things where he kind of knew he was a big star so he was always booked to look like a big star you know I mean, there's the famous kind of falling out with Ricky Choshu who ends up 
um, going to all Japan and coming back for a bit. I was going to listen to the WH talking about that as well, because that's the issue with him really is fundamentally he's, you know, like you say, he milked his retirement tour. That fucker. <laughs> he didn't miss a chance on that. Um, By the way, I was saying that I was talking about him like he was on the, like the, the the edge of death of fifty two. I mean, that's what Jericho is now, and he's working with Bandido and Dynamite, so it's not a you know time. <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> mad, but but it, it's he's a like he is one of these figures. If you want to know why Japanese wrestling kind of is how it is, you really do need to kind of spend a bit of time having a having a look through because it's mad like and then we haven't really kind of even touched on him as a promoter necessarily because you know there's the sort of era of the boom period japanese wrestling in the 90s between them and all japan where it's just like massive box office gigantic you know big tv ratings is very much in the mainstream culture and then he inexplicably discovers mma and decides to try and almost kill it all off <laughs> you want to think of it like that um, is is J, JP? Is that is is that the era that's not on like New Japan World? Inokism. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's a rights thing because it involves like Yuji Nagata. It like like you have stuff like Pride and whatnot yeah. involved. So I don't know if that's the kind of restrictions on it. Um, but that, but a lot of that is missing. It's like Brock Lesnar's period is missing in in New Japan as well. Like you, yeah. you're not going to find it on New Japan world. But it's like, what do you, Yuji Nagata, don't get me wrong, he's hard fucker. Like mm. to you and I, like to everyone else. Like, he <laughs> absolutely fucking batter. He bat, I, all three of us together running at him, we wouldn't really, I don't think we get much fucking joy. So I'm not saying we're planning on this or anything when they come <laughs> over next time, but like they put him in there Taking with fade, young Fedor Emelianenko and a young Mirko Krokop and they get, get fucking destroyed. And it completely ruins the awe of him. Nakamura as well. Like, you know, gods. It's, and weirdly, it's, it's you know, him selling up was the only way the company could end up surviving between that and um, Jello ta- um, Gello taking over the book and kind of structuring it properly and booking around Tanahashi and the really slow growth that we saw in terms of them when they used to build stars properly. You can remember those glorious days. So, <laughs> well, it, it was yeah. like it was a bit like uh, you know Hogan saying he was a uh, he went to the hospital with uh, with Savage and the the shook hands and they made up seconds before uh, Savage dies. New Japan felt a bit like that this week. Oh yeah, we were about to announce actually we were going to make him our uh, honorary chairman forever. Uh, oh well, <laughs> we just missed our opportunity. Uh, but I mean, obviously their website and New Japan World's covered in you know Anoki stuff. I believe Royal mm-hmm. Quest had the uh, the tribute before the show as well. He's so tied to that history for for lots and lots of good and for that you know it's that bad on the BBC mate on the Guardian. Oh, big news, right. yeah, it was everywhere, wasn't it? Big news, mm. yeah. <laughs> Did you see the? Um, I watched the uh, the first ever cinem- cinematic match because the yeah, you know the talk about the you know he's got his wear crate era, he's got his going crazy era, but he's also got like this this, this wacky stuff like obviously the Ali matches the big talk completely everyone goes on about, but like Is it the stuff, islands match, yeah, with Massa Saito, Massa Saito, WH talking about it and he just a said helicopter. like. Filming can it. watch all of it. It's impossible to watch. It is because there's a helicopter kind of circling the ring, which I think is the camera, and there's no crowd, and they're like there's like a lovely waterfront background on the screen, and then they're just exchanging headlocks. And it's just, it is it's a rough <laughs> watch, but it's fucking bold. I'll tell you what, you know the uh, they gave it a uh, gave it a go. 
Uh, Andy, have you seen any? Have you seen any of the Anoki stuff at all? No, I've just seen that. It was a great slap fighter before slap fighting became <laughs> yeah. a thing. Yeah. Um, well, I said, was it the? Is it great Antone? Is it great? Yes. That's great seen that. I've seen, seen, seen that one the, um, this evening where he just banjos him. Um, seen that the one with um, Luke Gallows and um, oh. Sylvester Turkai where he just like comes out in his red scarf. The match is out. so bad. That he comes from the crowd. This it was a shoot, wasn't he? Because I've heard Gallows yeah. talk about it. Like Gall- Gallows' story isn't from that day on. I got a lot better. No, you didn't, mate. You're still as shit as you were no. that day. But the, the match was thing, that bad that I know he went. He stayed. Finger <laughs> yeah. did. Finger did that, didn't he? Uh, Vince McMahon did that during. I think it was right a Jerry and Rhino match. Yeah, on a house. Um, he, he come out. Get 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 the get foot the, back here. Because they literally just go straight it. to the finish, don't they? It's like a choke bomb or something. It's like just a safety. Tell me that match is worse than any of the fiend matches from wrestlemania of recent years <sighs> you know whatever that rhino match was like it couldn't have been worse than that <laughs> well the well the only other time after that vince uh, actually come out of the uh the bat was when he did his quads in weren't it <laughs> oh, <laughs> that rumble. Yeah. Like, why is he sat on his ass the entire time why does he stand up like a normal human <laughs> without realizing what happened i'm oh, watching right. it live but Vince, Vince himself never never got like a big queue of uh, of people willing to you know queuing up to get in the ring and get slapped by Anoki, such as the uh, the legend of the man. That's a th- it can't be undersold, kind of JP. Like what a like big figure you know he is celebrity. Well, like it's one of them is that you always hear that that like you know the current New Japan show stars are like barely known in Japan, but like a name like Anoki, it's like it's a bit like you know the equivalent of like your Nan who the Undertaker and Hulk Hogan is, which you would have yeah. a fucking clue who Roman Reigns was. You know, it's it's that that same thing, isn't it? And it seems to be a lot more widespread in Asia. Sorry, my voice is gone. That's the career thing, isn't it? And the fact that he went to those places. Yeah. Exactly. So he visited these places. And that's where you get into the kind of you've got him as wrestler, him as promoter, then him as politician. And you like you've kind of got that going on kind of concurrently and then past when he's promoting and then he's back in promoting with like I Inoki Genome Federation stuff, <laughs> which I think Kurt Angle wrestled for. Yeah. And they would do and it was just like, what, what is this? But it'd be mainly those you know the way New Year's Eve is a big deal for having like kind of fights on and stuff in Japan. Mm. And it'd be like they'd have those shows and they do a big crowd, but probably losing his arse in terms of like the amount amount you'd have to pay to get people over so he's got these different waves of it so there's all these different reasons he's well known in japan and you know it it always plays into the kind of he very much carried on the like him and baba they carried on the ricky dozan model wasn't it which was you know it was brave defender of japan from foreign invaders yeah yeah and he'd lose the odd few and then he'd come over and then he'd end up winning in Japan and they paid well between him and Baba and they paid the foreigners well. So they all came back. Like they never ended up having like kind of, there was times when I think it was, what was it? It was the move from, um, who was it who went from all, it was Hanson who went from, um, yeah, he we went from U- Japan to all Japan, didn't he? And that's one of them. It's, and the- yeah, it's it's like the obviously you know the the legacy of him and all of that stuff. You know, you're gonna hear covered in uh, extensive detail elsewhere. Oh, yeah. 
obviously I had to mention it's such a such a such a massive story and like I say tributes coming in from every corner of the the, the wrestling world um this week and yeah JP you didn't get to say your uh your line on uh on the daily update I don't know if you want to uh, close us out by uh, saying that now rest in peace sweet prince <laughs> And that, yeah, would be a good uh, segue into... Giving uh, St. Peter a slap on the way in. If there is a God, which as I think we've discussed, we know what my thoughts are. There is a black void. I agree. Um, but that would have been a, a good segue into, you know, the first lot of show reviews, which should be. We should be talking about Royal Quest now, JP. You know, Andy mm. should have made it down. I should have made it down. You should have made it down. We might have had Karen on as a guest as we uh, we talked about at the top of the mm. show. Fortunately, none of us could uh, could get there, so we can't uh, we can't give you our thoughts. And it's still not on New Japan World, uh, which I imagine will be rectified at some point in October. They've said on the uh, on the site. Really, do you want to start after your uh, Aussie Open match? You know, trending on uh, on grappling the uh, the high fours. Uh, a lot of five yeah. star uh, ratings uh, in there as well. Um, looking forward to seeing that. Would have been a uh, a good weekend to uh, to talk to New Japan. It's going to get lost in the uh, the ether now with uh, everything else coming out next week. I don't know what the issue is. Whether it was just fight not being you know what New Japan not wanting to work with fight again after the shit show for Royal Quest one, um, or just. You know the, whether the effort was worth it for the you know the amount of bars they get, but mm. I feel like they missed the trick there. I feel like that show would have, especially with the uh, with that match, would have uh, would have got a got a lot of buzz this week. Yeah, it would have done. I'd really look forward to watching that. I mean, it, it was the reason. It was like that one match was like that's why it feels like mm. it's worth it. This feels like this is really if Aussie Open are Aussie Open going to take that opportunity, whereby. They feel like even already, without barely working in New Japan proper, that they're actually fixtures and mainstays of New Japan. That's the really odd thing. They've barely been there at all, and it feels they've been more in AEW than they have in New Japan. But in terms of their reputation, it's really gone up. and And it was the kind of match that you know what FTR are like. They'd absolutely fucking live for this kind of stuff. I don't know why they cut the weird stuff on Tony Khan afterwards. There's can't no help it's themselves. Just, <laughs> can't help can't, can they? they are right. But like, you know, let us all just mm. enjoy the big I, I it feels like at this point like that that's just not gonna work for them. That whole like business of being like, you know, vocal on Twitter about being the number one contenders and whatever. I don't think just don't think Tony Khan responded very you need to have a fight backstage. That's what you need to do to uh, to get his fucking attention. But yeah that was mm. odd they're them going out there and saying you know remember us uh, Tony you know don't forget we still work for you I think was the uh, the quote something like that you know but I mean that's true they haven't had these fucking big tag matches on a uh... On, uh, on 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 dynamite shows in a while, you know, been six man feuds, singles matches for Dax, not many uh, many straight up tags. But it sounds like yeah, from our from our audience, the people who uh, who made it to the show, um, that they had a good time. But from from Mikey saying here in the chat that Jazzy Cabot and Ava White was the worst wrestling match he's ever seen live. So don't uh, don't tr- don't track that one down. But uh, were, were you going to make the trip, Andy? Were you um, planning on going until you changed your mind to go to one PW? Yeah, so I was probably umming and ah in between like 1PW and Royal Quest, but I think it was more the venue, uh, Crystal Palace, and I heard people say, oh, it's a, a ball eight to get yeah. to. So that I thought, oh, Don is much easier to get to, and lo and behold, you know, train strikes and that, and me, myself having to get a bu- mega bus uh, <laughs> via, via Leeds to Doncaster. What's so. the mega bus like these but days? It, I mean, so, you know what? It was first time I've ever been on a mega bus. Um, been yeah, first, first, I've, I've always had always done trains, but um, 
No, it's all right. Clean, yeah. clean, clean enough. Is that, that a quid? Not a lot. Of it. You still do that one pound to London from Liverpool, like to uh, no, no. I think because, four a.m. jobs. I, I think, I think, I think because it was, you know, because it was the train strikes and demand and that, so it was like um, about ten quid each um, to lead. But yeah, no, no. I think on the, you know, the basis of like looking at the cards with Royal Quest. I did say to a few people at weekend, it was like Rev Pro on steroids, basically. I mean, it felt what, a bit more like those, you, um, you know, the shows like the Altrincham and uh, yeah. the other yeah. in the show that year, and Milton Keynes was it? Just saying, yeah. yeah. Darren saying in the chat, proper ball like to get to, even with the uh, the trains running. Uh, he managed to make it there, but I know there were it's, a lot of people who didn't. But I, yeah. I mean, I mean, the interest was to see like you know your young guns get a chance in your Olkus yeah. and your RKJs of, the, of this parish, and yeah, by all accounts from reports I got that they did. Did all right. Um, Yotsuji had a banger against Ishi. I heard that. I heard it was a yeah. party for uh, for Yotsuji. After I haven't really thought much of him on his uh, excursion over he's, here. So that was. Uh, I think he's had a quietly good excursion. I know you've yeah. seen him more, Andy, haven't you? Okay. Yeah, no, he's it's, it's done very well. I thought his initial like um, like babyface run when he obviously had the uh, yes sir I can boogie. Uh, um, chant. I thought he did really well then. He had a great match against uh, Kyle Fletcher in Sheffield. I remember mm. remember that being very good. Um, more of his like, heel stuff with Gideon Gray. Uh, it, it took a bit of time to get going, but eventually uh, him and Umino did have a good match in um, in York Hall. I think he's got a match against... New Japan Super Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think he's got a match against Minoru Suzuki at the um, is it two two nine in um, October when Suzuki's over for uh, That's right yeah I don't know yeah uh, for um, that British J Cup show against Dan Maloney and what have you. Uh, but no, it, it looks like he's you'd think he's going back next year, wouldn't you say with Suji? Yeah, that would make looks sense. like he's got to his end. But no, I, th- I think he's I think he's done all right, done all right, the lad. Might get some uh, live reviews in the uh, chat here. Mikey saying the toilet in the venue is shit. They were a gym blocking room and a new man who just caught the showers. <laughs> that sounds like Crystal Palace. Yep. <laughs> and uh, Darren says it was a road to show, really. Great to see the young Brits show up. Suji is a stand. Yeah. It was a great call. He enjoyed that. And uh, yeah, Zach Saber Naito was good as well. But yeah, we have seen it 7,000 times. That's where it felt very road to. It felt very... New Japan's not really trying here. I don't put any of the blame on, on Rev Pro. I think this this felt like... A, there was no way Rev Pro were going to be booking, you know, Zach Saber Naito after they've already done it or booking, you know, like say, Osprey in there with Chota Rumino. And like, we all know there's 400 better Osprey matches for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think any of us would have uh, booked Zach to lose either in the uh, big main event. As I said on the uh, on the daily update, JP, there was no, uh, no, no boxers coming out to have a sing song with him at the end, but it felt very, uh, <laughs> that was, <laughs> very Clash of the Castle that. Added, didn't it? <laughs> I'm trying to think of who who would end up coming. Anti Joshua comes out, <laughs> like a, a lower level to come out and come out and sing with him. Um, no, like like you said as well, isn't it that Naito is going to be like challenging for the title with so, Jay yeah. White, wouldn't it? So yeah, as an interim challenger, yeah, update, but yeah, yeah. Jay White, yeah. which is again like it's you, but it has the you know stock title defense on the road to. Wrestle Kingdom kind of deal around it as well. Good I Anthony mean, Gogo, JP. You know he's only a call away. Yeah, yeah that's true. Could have come out. Should have. 
Like, imagine a booming chant of fuck the Tories. For, uh, uh, Did anyone chant, where's your phone? Are we over that now? I think we're over that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think overall, I mean, I think the big takeaway is how, uh, it may sound like a, a relatively small thing, but for me, it's how did New Japan react to some of the younger talent that were used on it to kind of, because I don't think there was as much in the way of that level of talent being on the cards for the man uh, for the Altrincham and Milton Keynes shows when they were over. So it felt like it was they were heavily used. It was a big weekend for Zach Knight, wasn't it? Um obviously Ricky that? Knight Jr., <laughs> Oku, the young guns. Yeah, I'm, I'd be great. fascinated to know what they make of the young guns. Do they look at them and go like, hang on here, like really could do something? Because, you know, let's face it, if the first tag team they've kind of brought in from Rev Pro proper is Aussie Open and they seem to be very, very happy with them. You could imagine them being willing to take a look at them. You can imagine those two going, yep, if we can get a chance, now <laughs> things are opening up in Japan about getting over and doing like, it's like don't expect them to be doing those, much other than those, doing those, jobs. But well, time in that dojo would not go down. Like, I could imagine Tanahashi putting his, his arm around them like like he did with like Hangman Page and he's done with other, you know, for, like, I remember Liger took that cheeseburger. There can be bad ones like that, but Carl Carl Fletcher yeah. Yeah, is another good Tanahashi example. You could see him looking at Luke Handy and going, yeah, you can see it with yeah. him. Like, you could just see in, t- in like five years he's going to be twice the size. He's got, he's got that build of like a new Japan heavyweight, hasn't he? even though he's on the small side right now. I I think since obviously Ethan's been away uh, with injury, that was his first match back as well. Ethan, yeah, (laughs) unbelievable. Uh, But but with but with Luke especially, well, I've seen him at one PW wrestling, and the the reaction he gets is just like excellent. It's like this feels like one of the stars of the British scene Mm. at the the moment. Yeah. And um, yeah, no, I, I think King of the North, mate, is what he is. Yeah, <laughs> let's hope he doesn't go all red wedding for him. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I think I think it's been the right decision. What they have done, generally, go down the Red Pro route and like the you know go testing the cells in hopefully New Japan <laughs> a lot. <clears throat> excuse me, a lot more than actually going down the route of uh, of Enfield because obviously I think there were interests there and. I think they they poo pooed it off. There's also the New Japan Strong Route, which yeah. is also viable. Which is also a thing I don't think that would do them any harm if they worked a couple of shows there, did a couple of indie dates. It might be a relatively short tour of a couple of weeks. Could but... you could you do see like Oku over in America mm. now, don't you? And um, there's also a, a few more Brits who are getting out there. I think it was like Joel Lando as GCW. Charles Crowley's been doing Canada. So yeah. there is opportunities out there to like, go Karen these promotions. Karen Noir in well, Japan. Yeah. Talk about that match in a bit because no, I saw it. Actually, I'll tell you- the, the biggest name, sorry, JP, G-Man in Noah. That's the biggest export we've got right G-Man now. It is green suit, like a children's TV presenter. How the fuck did that yeah. happen? That's the question I want answered. <laughs> is that the same long-haired bloke who sat there moodily having his vape while That's G-Man. Like, looking at ver- while editing a show at the same time and you'd be in the hangar because yeah. t- you wouldn't be able to see the ring? And you go, yeah. oh, fuck it. I'll stand behind G-Man because at least I can see the tellies from there. I can see mm. what's going on. He has a career, but, that lad. Yeah, <laughs> somehow he's Noah's English ring announcer, which, yeah, like, didn't see that coming. 
I wrestled I wrestled in the same match as him once the night after he'd worked homicide. It was like one of those degrees of separation things that I can technically have. But he's had that career. He was like, you know, future shock yeah. in the Northwest Indies doing like yeah. PW and you know, he was well known for that, became like the video editor of choice and somehow he's ended up in Japan and no one quite it's like Gideon Gray, no one quite knows how he ended up there, but it's kind of cool at the same time. It's like what the fuck's going on? Yeah. It's the kind of mental shit that I can really get on board with that yeah. only really Japan can offer you when you see them turn up in a car and you go, really? Yeah. Them? All right. Didn't see that coming. Well, there's a lot of that when you start looking around like the various promotions. Of- well, it's that, that, that Jack Morris in nowhere, isn't it? For, yeah. for one. I mean, I, I've seen him at like in the PCW Academy and doing Mega Slam shows at Sasha's in Manchester. And there he is wrestling in bloody Curricon Hall in like for, <laughs> But Noah, it's just mad. Mate, getting wins in Noah. Getting wins. He got got a pin on that last Noah show. I saw on that. Just because I'm I'm always going to keep an eye, because there's a novelty value to it, because I know nothing about him. So I'm coming to to him completely fresh. He's all right. Like, like he's a a a good-looking lad. I know some Mm. some folks say he's like a budget Drew McIntyre, but I I think he's better than that. I think he's better than that. He's a different type of, he's a, he is like kind of, he's got the right amount of athleticism. Yeah. It's just the clearly defined character stuff, but that Mm. comes with time and experience. So it's just like, he's getting like a massive opportunity. And this is the kind of stuff we haven't seen for a while because it's normally been that all of them as, you know, as Andy would know better than both of us, you end up warehoused in NXT. And because that isn't an option, and it doesn't look like WWE are on a recruiting drive. You've got a, a British landscape where a few people are getting those kind of, those who's sticking with New Japan, if it works out and like, I don't know, you get Oku and the best of Super Juniors. I I doubt it. I wouldn't mind seeing like a Rev Pro tag team in the best of the Super Junior, the tag Junior tag tournament. I think wasn't you could a, do that. Wasn't a good sign this weekend, though. I didn't think for Ricky Knight Jr. and Oku that they weren't really in anything of you know note you know you would have hoped that you know they're like why why why, but why would ricky knight why would zach knight get that spot and not not shuffle the card and give it to ricky you know give him the the you know i was at that osprey okada match from 2014 i put the picture on on twitter (laughs) this week of me uh me northwest legend cy valor and okada i remember how big a weekend that was for osprey you know seeing that live could have been someone else's weekend couldn't it you know like I suppose you've got to take care of your own buffing as well, but I was surprised. It's New Japan. Yeah. They're, they're, they're like, I think the idea is once you're, the fact you're on the cards means you're, you're doing something right. So mm. Bad Do Tito is, is there for all intents and purposes when he's working these kind of shows. And it feels like these guys might be here and they'll look at the business and they'll think, all right, did it, was it worth our while coming over without those kind of added production costs? Are they, because it's almost like New Japan of, it's like they built up to Royal Quest. That was a big success, certainly as a live event. Obviously, the stream shit the bed, and that would, and then and then you kind of you have COVID and you have a bit of a downturn in New Japan, and we're in the place now where it's almost like they've gone back to that Milton Keynes Altrincham thing of we're going to try these cards, see what sticks. Because it looked pretty, it, they did sell out, but it didn't look like it was half empty for either mm. of either of the nights like people made it there so like there is that (laughs) apart yeah apart from me who clearly can't be asked but you know i i'm securing the knowledge that i think me not going 
meant that Arsenal won the North London derby. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll take the credit for that. So I think it's it's overall, they'll look at it as a benefit. It's whether or not do they go to run the copper box. Have they got enough there currently to be able to do a good house at the copper box? Because I don't think they should even be looking really anywhere else. I think that's the kind of, like, if they're going to look to run London again. I think that's too big, but you but it's it's finding something in the middle, isn't it? it probably isn't there. It's probably yeah. ended up, but you know, Chris, as much as we'll slag the venue off and the, the people who were there, it's two and a half thousand, and it's I think, I think, I think, I think maybe maybe a Wembley, Wembley Wembley Arena, you know, when progress run there, maybe some at that size, four thousand. I just wonder about the rental costs. If you can get copper box cheaper, and obviously I think it's part of the same group who manages like the York Hall as well. So you've got the kind of like existing, and it worked out well last. I, it's how much can they plug it if they mm-hmm. did? How much build up would they need? Which stars would they say be on? Would you bring a Moxley over um, for that? Would you then look to bring good. over like you put FTR on there and stuff, and then you've kind of got much more of a like, oh, well, okay, there's a few AEW stars who are going to be here as well. So that could end up working well. It was a good, it was a healthy weekend, you know. I, I am, I'm not changing my catchphrase. I am Mr. Brit Rez's death, but that's the question. And, you know, after this weekend, you know, that's, people are asking, New, New Japan come over us. We're counting them as British. No, I suppose it was more of a pro show. That did, that did well. You know, we were, me and JP were uh, poo-pooing the idea that the 1PW show you went to with, uh, would really draw the numbers it did. Sounds like you can uh, let us know uh, how that did. Obviously, you know, not 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 quite the same, WXW, um, obviously running a tag festival this weekend. A lot of uh, Brits and Irish over there for that, but it was a big weekend for, for you know, I'd say the European wrestling, either your wrestling in Europe rather than European wrestling, yeah. but... There's definitely, uh, you know, the fact that these shows all took place on the same day. There was that sub pro show that what ran yeah. to like half twelve as well on the uh, on the same day. A lot going on. The first time we've had a weekend that- like that in a while. It was just unfortunately one where all the fucking the trains were off, and uh, you know there was a London marathon and twelve derbies going on, and uh, that was the only thing going against it. But healthy all around. Yeah, that I was saying with that sub pro show, it got like uh, reported about four hundred there. Um, which you know, for a, Man- a Manchester um, Manchester show, that's not progress. That's that's very good. Even and I though, say, even though it, it was funny to it laugh at it going season. past midnight, it was like our oh, typical Brit res. The photos I saw, people were still there. It wasn't like yeah, it was yeah, empty. Yeah. They got away with it. Like you, you know, it's one of them. But it's, yeah. Brit res is going to Brit res. Oh yeah, always. And I think I, I put a tweet out saying, "Oh, debut show should be just six matches, two hours. Just get it done." And and then I think when they come to like the second and third show, and if they keep doing that, you know, we gradually like drop off as an attendance. But you, you can't can't fault them four hundred four hundred in summer and future shot got three and a half hundred in Man- in Manchester in their new venue. So yeah, no, you know, to say all that wrestling was on, hmm. and there's only so much money flying around, bloody hell. Um, they haven't asked sold some tickets this weekend, Brit Rest. It's it's alive for one weekend. He'll be dead next weekend. <laughs> yeah, we need to redo the t-shirt. No, I think um, one PW shot me. Like I, I, you know, they we were saying on the weekend show. I think the fact that they they paid the wrestlers two weeks out. <laughs> it's one of those things you've got to do when you're one PW and you've got that got that bad rep. I will, I'll I'll move the goalpost and say, well, let's see if they do it for a second or third show, but. For a fair show, it looked busy there, mate. It looked, it looked like it was. It turned out to be a a decent little show. Do, what do they feel like there? Do they feel like a lot of like 
you know, the, the new, newer school Brit Res fans? Was there a lot of old one PW fans black? Like, what was it like? It, it was it was very strange to be honest. Like, um, I think a ve- very much a mix. Like some who I were chatting to one one fella who'd not been to watch wrestling since one PW died. <laughs> so this is yeah, it's like, said, like oh, that, I know, yeah. It's like oh, this is my first first show back after about seventeen years. Um, there were two fellas who I who, who were sat next to us. Um, who said, oh, we we, used, we first started going watching wrestling, watching what culture and Defiant. And I spoke to like a um, couple of mates of mine, and they said that there were a lot of them like dotted around where they were sat. So, you, you know, you had your hardcores from then, and then you had your hardcores who were one PW died in the world fans, and then, you know, casual, casual fans who were there. So, yeah, no, it was a good mix. I mean, like the seating wise, it was like two. It were like two temporary stands to the left and right hand side, and we were like back of the balcony area. But it's only like a a short balcony. But when I, when I was looking around like bell time, it like nearly every seat was full. Mm-hmm. It was like genuine. Yes, they have sold this many seats. It was incredible. Can't believe, can't believe it, but. I think I think as well. It's just like it's interesting how they're actually going to do. You know, because of the you know what happened previously with one PW, like with late finishes and all all over all over Audio stuff going over. on. You know, even Martin yeah. Kelly was coming out on Twitter this week to remind us all of uh, that fact. You know, there are a lot of uh, wrestlers still owe money from back in those days. Yeah, I, I made sort of like the logistical thing of getting the hotel across the road, the um, the Hilt, the Hilton. It's right on the race course as well. So when you open your curtains, <laughs> bloody hell, three fences are down the I old street there. Hotel. I wonder what was going on there. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, not lovely there. That's where all the um, wrestlers were staying. We didn't know that till we walked. We walked in about. Um, 11 o'clock after the show and there's uh, Doug Williams having a pint and all <laughs> firm and old sons of anarchy self bloody hell 62 him absolutely hard bastard. hard bastard it looks like uh, Nick Nick Aldis he, uh, I, I've said to a few people he's a good looking bastard <laughs> oh my god <laughs> like a male model um, makes sense but, oh, Hammerstone, Hammerstone were there in his uh, flip flops and jeans oh, JP they love that you, good lads how tall is he he's oh god I would say he's six foot two I'll get into his wrestling in a bit in a bit because <laughs> okay fucking hell uh, <laughs> that's not his fault uh, but yes, no. I, I thought overall, you know, the general feel of it was yeah, no, pretty good. There was a lot there at the merch tables. Like Cole Cabana were there selling his uh, selling his merch. Um, <laughs> punk. You know, someone did. You know That's what I was just thinking. Well, to be honest, when he when he did come out, um, there was like a chance like Cole Cabana and you see it, dickheads around our area going CM Punk. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, no, nah, he, he was he was getting them things, but uh, no, no, it was a um, good good vibe. 
Good vibe. Well, I suppose we, we probably can't do the uh, the move by move. Uh, I'm just looking at the match. For, so there's a lot of matches on this show, uh, Andy. But like, yeah, do you want to give us like, what was your overall thoughts of the show? What did you enjoy? What what did you enjoy? What was uh, what was a one PW show like in uh, in 2022? Slash MLW. Yeah. Show, that's the bit JP wants to hear about. Yeah. So uh, Robbie X and Ace Austin that were the opener. After I thought it was a, a good 15 yeah. minute opener. What you? It's it was sort of what you expect, really. What flips? Did you notice if Ace Austin had a book with him? Matty said about this before, where he properly notes down what he's selling and stuff like that. that Oh, he did. I did see that at TNT. Yeah, (laughs) I I didn't notice that. What like a little like ready retina or something? Yeah, how many t-shirts he sold? Good stuff. Proper worker. But um, oh, they they sort of buggered up on his entrance. Um, So like they he come out, they played his music. And then there was like um, an inset promo from the Impact Zone where he was chatting like, I'm going seeing Robbie X tonight and, you know, like all this stuff. And then they stopped his music and um, played um, a wrestler's, um, what's he called? Ace Matthews, his music by accident. So they, they, they noticed the fuck up and then Ace Austin's just here coming out to dead silence it, it felt awkward for the lad but um <laughs> the actual match itself was um it was good for an opener and um, second match was the um, MLW title match between uh, Nathan Cruz versus Alex Hammerstone <laughs> fuck me they uh, we called him the you ultimate Hulk, this in my head ultimate Hogan that's what he were he just, <laughs> he's um I just but it's it's it just reminded me of um, it fit well in at a Mega Slam show like the big jacked up dude ready yeah. to fight Tiny Iron and then you're like loads of charisma on the outside and then he got and soon as the bell goes ding he's just he's just bang average. You take that back, Andrew. You know, have you seen those Mads Kruger matches? Like, come on. If he's the ultimate ho, is he like a? I reckon the, the, the equivalent's like Hogan, Hogan and Warrior, or what? Like Stallone and uh, and Schwarzenegger. What's he like? Dolph Lundgren? Like, is he like that? Or is he the? Is he the little? Yeah. <laughs> on the side. He yeah. Be, he might have made this thing. Maybe. Dolph Lundgren Stone. But the the thing was, um, like Nathan Cruz had um, his tag partner on the outside, Matt Myers, and they were they were Myers were trying to keep it together with the crowd, like you know taunting them and that to keep people interested. It it felt I said to RGF, it felt very similar to Nathan Cruz versus Justin Sizem on an NGW show, but worse. Right, <laughs> okay. professional wrestling by professional wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very much that. Um, and then th- third match was uh, Team Shag, which was uh, Greg Greg oh, Burridge, the uh, yeah. uh, di- director of London Rampage, and uh, teaming with uh, Colt Cabana <laughs> versus um, versus Doug Williams and Nick Aldis. Um, That's a one PW match if I ever saw one. Fucking hell. Yes. Or an impact match, one of the So, so um, they come at, uh, Team Shag come out to I Don't Feel Like Dancing by the Scissor Sisters. And I think Greg Burridge would try to do like a karaoke, a karaoke version of it. It sounded like me on the karaoke, like eight pints <laughs> deep, tuneless. Uh, it was bad and um, they, they tried to do a dance off with um team shag and the british invasion 
oh, just it, it went on. It just went on. It absolutely just went on. So w- once the match finished, I think that team shag won. So they had uh, Rory Coyle and Liam Slater come out to like you know give what to to uh, Cabana and Burridge. And then out comes, right, joining Rory Coyle and Liam Slater. This is where the turn happens. So Dragon Izu's music plays. <laughs> Dragon Dance. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so he comes out with um, The Damnation, which is him, Cameron Craze, who I've not seen for ages since the PCW show about 10 years ago, and and Coventry's own Magic Jesus, you remember is, that with, is that with a K? Is that with a K? I'm hoping with a K, yeah. yeah of course. And I, re- I remember I, mess- I messaged my mate here and said, "Bloody magic's on this show." He said, "I'm sat here watching FTR versus Aussie Open." <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe you just messaged that magic's on this show. But Cameron yeah, Grays as well. That's it, it a just... name from the past. That's, I've seen him t- team with Gary JP. That's that's how uh, fuck that Wow, <laughs> that was that long. Oh, yeah. To be honest, that was probably about seven years ago. <laughs> But yeah, it was uh, it was very much like the one PW special, like you know, part of it. It it just dragged like fuck. Um, I will say, but I tell you what, didn't drag like fuck. The six man death match, uh, six man tag death match. Yeah, so here we go, Iceman, Iceman Junior, who's Jack Harrop and Clint Margera. Versus Tyler Devlin, who's an absolute. It, if you've seen the video, what what I oh, put up on there, poor <laughs> ass. But you missed the. Team. I'm never. I'm never. Well, well, um, well. He was tagging anyway with Ulf Herman, Ulf the German Herman, who come out with his fire bar and promptly just flung it out of the ring. At the stage, and and it was still it set the floor on fire, so he had to get a bucket, buddy, some sand and bucket of water on it. Saw that bloke in '98, fucking hell, still going. Yeah. He looked old then, to be honest. He's a he looks hard, hard as nails. That fella, when I seen him, seen him at the bar, and uh, Will Cruz were in this match. So that the, the spot. So before that, uh, Tyler Devlin chucked. I think it was Iceman Junior right down the stairs. And just like proper went bum, 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 bum. So they got to the spot, got two tables ready to put. Um, so Will Cruz was putting Iceman on one. Now Iceman's quite a big, big fella. So he plumped in on table. This was the second table at the back of the first one. And the table just went bum, just broke like that. So Iceman had to be rolled out of the way to get Clint Margera into spot for this. Uh, for the table spot. So Tyler Devlin's right at the top of the balcony where we are. Woody L jumps off. Obviously, there's, the second table's gone, so he goes ass first Man. on the concrete. Yeah. Absolute Man. mentalist. But yes, he's fine. As, yeah, yeah. Fucking how high up was that balcony as well? Yeah, he's good 20, 20, 30 foot up. Yeah, he uh, pisses on New Jack, isn't it, really? Yeah. It's like Vic Grimes off that one that nearly fucking killed him. Like, but, but, it's that level of fucking height. But fingers, I've seen him do like crazy stunts like that before at um, BWR, um, he, like during a ladder match the other year, and he, he he went like back first on like, you know, like the edge of the ladder, like from high up. He's, 
he's a mentalist. But I will say with that that match, the tone of the match was right. It was like 10 to 12 minutes, just all action. Crowd loved it. Best it, For me, best match of the night. Lots of fun. Um, then you had the six-way elimination match after the break, um, which was uh, Manlai Reese, Callum Newman, Scotty Rock, Luke Jacobs, Amir Jordan and Ace Matthews. Oh, one match I forgot to say, which was um, after the Hammerstone one, awesome. was the uh, yeah. J- Jamie Ater and uh, Session Moth Martina oh, yeah. match. Now, I will say it was fine as a match, uh, but... Session off Martina winning. That blew up my no. Twitter when I mentioned no. Jamie Ata lost. All them AEW bots just come out of the woodwork. They hated the thought of Jamie Ata losing. On the losing. one hand, I don't think it's that big a deal because it's a one PW show in the UK. Who fucking cares? It's not even on fight till next weekend. Like, yeah. who really cares? But then on the other hand, it does give you a bit of a clue that they don't really care about Jimmy Hater and AEW too, because otherwise somebody somewhere would have said, probably shouldn't be losing that, you know, if you're going to go and do this weird one. She wasn't even on the New Japan shows, which made no sense to me with those women's slots. What's she doing? She was just a re- What's she doing losing? She was just a replacement for um, Ruby Soho, who's um, like broken nose. I think nose, she's yeah. uh, I think Soho's back on in uh, February. But I found, I found the result... Yeah, but and I would say session moth Martina. Yeah, that bollocks. Jamie Hayes is the biggest star. Have a win. Fans are happy. Yeah. The end. Yeah. Oh, when moth, session moth got the free, she was it, it was booed. It was booed in that building. The hate. What's she it. like these days, session moth? Right. Um, now I've seen four ma- I've seen four matches in Tell two weeks. I've seen four matches in two weeks of session moth and Fucking varying le- varying levels. I would say. I think yeah. I've seen the better side of her this week from a wrestling standpoint. Mm-hmm. She had a match against, obviously, Jamie Ato and also it, like a decent little match against uh, Tonga at Future Shock. I thought mm-hmm. pretty all right. But the, the the issue with her, I would say, is the gimmick's probably a bit old at now. Yeah. It, do, it does need – it needs a freshen up, and I think the only way you can freshen it up is she turns non-alcoholic and becomes a heel. <laughs> I yeah, picture that story. That's the OTT. Yeah, that. yeah. Um, like right to censor. Yeah, sort of something like well, that. I think you were censoring it, would be, you wouldn't be that but, bothered. But then again, if you know, if it's bro, if it's not bro, why, you know, why, why change? Um, but like yeah, the, the, it's the, like the um, Reese thing we were talking about, weren't we? Privately, Andy, with him, it's like yeah. you know, and this isn't because of the t-shirt thing. Like I always think with him, it's like it's a good gimmick. It's going to get you established that people know you and they know your entrance and they know your rap. At some point, that's going to get old hat, and he's going to, you know, presumably step up. You know, do the you know John Cena going from a rapper to being John Cena that you know he's a rapper, but he doesn't rap as uh, his own entrance every time. You know, there comes a point with these gimmicks where it does. Yeah, you need to kind of transform I, it, don't you? I, I, I said to yourself, Benno, about um, Big Guns Joe, mm. like the gimmick he, he had in like GPW and Future Shock, and after seeing him at we- weekend, he's like a total like one eighty. Like he's just he just feels like a wrestler. He look he look he looks apart, but he just feels like a wrestler now. Not doing the crash um, anymore. Yeah, yeah. So. It probably needs to find something, but with the race, I do think it it works. But he can go down 
um, that you know, like a John Cena sort of route, you know, when he was doing the uh, the rap gimmick. But uh, now, nah, Derice was in that um, six man six uh, way elimination match with um, Callum Newman, Scotty Rock, Luke Jacobs, who was over. Ace Matthews, who uh, covered up for himself with, with the uh, bum entrance from earlier, said, oh, I'm the real ace of this promotion. Oh. <laughs> and uh, Amir Jordan, he was in the match as well. Good to see him again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, Luke Jacobs won this. He was he was so over like Rover. There was points in this where he was just like larrating, like wrestlers <laughs> in, in midair. It just hard, hard as nails. Um. Mickey James and Lizzie Evo, I didn't see much of because I went to the toilet and yeah, got drinks into it. Was it, it not no slice on them? I heard it was a good match and what have you, but I just yeah, you know, went for a break. Um, <laughs> they had uh, Chris Daniels and Karen Wah, oh, which yeah. you know what, Chris Daniels is like 52 year old. It was very much very out show. Use, using Chris Daniels, <laughs> very, very retro, yeah. like. I kind of like yeah. that of the past. Yeah, it was very Mid-2000s much... Mid-2000s kind of bloke yeah. you get across, isn't he? He's perfect for that. Yeah, it was very much house show Daniels, I would say. But crowd crowd were into it uh, for for the length of the match. Karen Noir ended up winning with um, like his sleeper all. But no, good, good match. Um, and then the main event was uh, Mark Askins with uh, Vicky Askins uh, versus... Uh, Rob Van Dam coming out to his, um, you know, the one of a kind um, entrance theme, um, which uh, that's a banging tune. That one, the WWE one, the WWE one. I was, I, I wanted him to come out to a Pantera War, but now nah, we're, we're happening. But um, even the TNA one, like, mate, is the TNA one. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. Down, the whole fucking show. That <laughs> one, yeah. For five minutes, yeah. That. Yeah. So um, with um, RVD was uh, Katie Forbes, who, honestly, you can't miss her ass. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get cancelled again, I'll be careful. I, I know. I know. That's what, no, that's what quite a lot of them said near us. It's just like, you just can't. <laughs> it's like uh, a living but, cartoon character, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, wrestling's Lolo Ferrari. <laughs> yeah. Google but, it um, if you think uh, Andy's total yeah. out there. He's not. Yeah. It's, uh, but, it's um, the TNA stuff. Yeah. Bloody yeah. hell. But, but that, that, that were an old gimmick in TNA, weren't it? Yeah. Um, but um, it, it was like Rob Van Dam doing maybe the great, like, you know, the greatest yeah. is he does his he did like, that five moves. That. that was his entire WWE yeah. run. Like, he, he went from ECW where he'd make up a move every week to into the beat. It was like, yeah, Rolling Thunder, you know, the the, the, the dropping thing, the thing on the, the the thing on the apron. He had like five spots he'd repeat every match. Like, and he's just done that, hasn't he, for 25 years since? Yeah. He, um, it was it was an okay I would say an okay match, but the um Askins eventually ended up winning, so it looks like they may be uh, pushing him as like, you know, one of their their main main stars. One thing I did forget to say time. was like um before the show had started, some of the music that they were playing, it weren't it were like knockoff versions of like uh we built this city on rock and roll and bloody uh jump by Van Halen. It, it, Couple in front of us were saying like this has been going on for two hours. All this knockoff like karaoke versions of like <laughs> great hit, the greatest hits. So I don't, I don't know if they paid for you know like the P- PRS license and all. But then again, they played all like the proper, proper entrance themes for the 
the wrestlers, so don't, fight, don't know about that. But... When it goes live, because it's on at the weekend, isn't it? Which is weird. That, I don't know whether Fight have just abandoned the idea of doing live streams in the UK, <laughs> but that's another weird fact about this, that yeah, it is going to be on Fight, but not till the weekend. Odd. Yeah. I would, I would say, I would say though, like um, like an overall, like as a presentation, it was you know, I got my money's worth for me um, for me twenty five quid. I, I didn't think they shit the bed. It was, I'll go again. I will say that. I know they're doing Donny Dome in twenty second of April next year. The the next one they're running is uh, Lincoln on February the eighteenth, which. I've, the only time I've ever been to Lincoln is see see Rochdale lose seven one. So I hope it's a better uh, experience this time. Uh, the, the announced Irish um, manager there, mate, Mark Kennedy. Remember him from Liverpool? <laughs> ah, yeah, with Thank the eyebrows. Lord. Yeah. Um, the um, announced Davy Richards and uh, Rhino um, for, uh, no, for February. If you want the full Brit Res experience, Davy Richards no shows that show. He should no show that show. It's the only way to do it right. <laughs> yeah. But it, it it does seem like they are going uh, like import heavy, but it's it's one of them. Uh, our Jeff said this was like you know when it got to the stage we like PCW with the imports when they kept bringing over the same old lot like Billy Gunn, Ken Anderson, Masters, Carlito. Like how much of the market is to, you know like how much of the market is gonna be there maybe in a year or two? But hey. You know what? This old fifteen hundred tickets—they've done very well. I'll, I'll, I'll give me thumbs up to them. See what they do going forward. Um, but yeah, that's the big question, isn't it? Is it sustainable? Like you mentioned that with the imports and stuff, because we've seen how this works out specifically for them, and that's always the thing that kind of worries me. Is like, what are they doing to build like <laughs> that base? How often they're going to be running? Are they going to be a thing that's like? I know they've advertised. They've got a few more shows. Um, like kind of announced, haven't they, for the rest of the year? They've got one in February and one in April. So, yeah, I, I will, I will, you're on Lincoln and Donny, mate. I will, I will, I will say though, they have got the, you know, the right people helping Gauntly now. They've got the BWR people who've been running their promotion for yeah five years now, and they've they've got an idea on timing they, they were sort of like on Saturday they were sort of running a bit late at times so straight after the six-way elimination match as soon as like Luke Jacobs went through the curtain start the music for Lizzie Evo so they were trying to catch up a oh, bit of time there but they, yeah <laughs> but, but, but they did they did finish at, um as stated on the on the sheet before the curfew at 11 o'clock so no nah, fair, fair, fair dues to them you gonna make the trip to uh, to Doncaster anytime soon, JP? Um, no. In general, it's not a place you want to go. I'll, I'll end up there. Uh, uh, that sounds really brutal. I could go and see my mum while I'm up there, but oh, you know. Oh, there you go. I, I had a work meeting there once, and I went the night before and regretted it. The only uh, the only thing I enjoyed was the Pizza Express. Um, other than that, it was a. It was it's a, 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 a dump, isn't it? Absolute dump. Horrendous, horrendous. But there we go. Maybe they'll come back to Liverpool. Maybe they'll uh, they'll do the full uh, one PW set, but. Yeah, we might have a couple of other Brit Res notes um, later on. We get into the other stuff we've uh, been watching there this week. But yeah, moving on from there, do you want to talk some? Uh, should we talk some AWJP? 
Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Get the, going new, the news of the day first. Apparently, uh, Sammy Guevara and Andrade are going to have a fist fight on Dynamite. This is either the worst work shoot of all time or just another sign that that backstage is a fucking mess and they, haven't, they still haven't got a hot handle on it. Like Those tweets them two were, were throwing back at each other today that I would fully imagine have all been deleted by now. Like Andrade offering Sammy, Sammy Guevara out. Sammy Guevara... You know, talking to Andrade like he's just like this nobody who only got a job because it's like, you know, La Sombra was a thing. Yeah, he did have a career before he um, he turned up in AEW. Sammy Guevara rubbing another person up the wrong way. I mean, I don't know about you, JP, but I've had me, uh, I think it might have had me filled with Sammy Guevara at this point. Yeah. It's like, I think the fact that he had that weird back and forth with Cody with the TNT title, like, kind of like maybe rubbed me the wrong way with him. Then there was the whole wheel. You know, they turn, and had to force turn him and Ty Conti heel because they were just so unlikable. Then they shoved him back in the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society, which felt like a death knell and then, and three steps backwards. I could do without seeing Sammy Guevara on my TV for another couple of years, no matter how talented and how good the the lad is at doing big bumps. Uh, if he gets suspended <laughs> off of this, I'm not going to cry. And if Andrade gets his wish and uh, gets kicked out of AEW, I think at this point that's no, uh, no <laughs> huge loss either. Yeah, I, I'm just tired of these because even now at the minute, they're overdoing work shoot backstage type angles, which, you know, we've mentioned the uh, between all of us, we've seen enough WCW in the year 2000 to know that when you start doing that, it doesn't all, it doesn't work out particularly well in the end. Got a bigger, which is kind bigger of where it's so that- just a little bit, just a hint. He does. A splash, not a, yeah. not a full color palette, but you know, a little bit of a splash. Yeah, he loves a bit of it. Like, I mean, he, he he just he just thinks that that's inherently where the drama is. And he go, well, for people like us, it is like, but yeah, that's in a, a separate way. Like, <laughs> doesn't make for good television. Like, yeah. where's this going to end up? Really, this ends up in a match, which is either on Dynamite or Rampage, which we'll give less of a shit about. Really, ultimately, like because yeah, like the Eddie match, where it's just like I I don't really care, and it's like. It, it, these kind of angles and storylines all like it's either a bad storyline so it's bad storytelling so there's issues with your creative because there's lots of this stuff at the moment or he's a dick and he's a problem and like you say leads to what is the greater problem with the AEW locker room and the way that it works and the way that it hasn't been managed and like it feels like there's lots of very brittle egos there, isn't there? Like coming out and commenting because that's the thing. If you're in this kind of public eye, there's going to be an element of this stuff. It's how do you deal with it? And it's just always now tends to be like these little spats that break up, but it all feels very immature as well. It doesn't feel, you know, this doesn't generate. I'm not interested in a match between them because they're having a, a spat between them, like on Twitter. It's just like you see it and you go, Jesus, they're like, it doesn't make me more interested in them as a match, but how far Sammy Guevara's kind of like, he's fallen because everything he's turned to since the, I don't know if this is the, you know, it sounds awful to say that as soon as he's kind of met Ty Mello, the whole thing's gone to shit, basically. He developed go away. He's been involved in terrible feuds with the TNT title. He feels well below that level at the moment, unless he was just going to come out and get roundly beaten by Wardlow, which isn't the worst idea in the world at the moment. It's, it just feels like he is like rapidly overlooked. He's rapidly kind of, you know, over 
there's people in the Jericho appreciation side that are more interested than him. He's like, you know, below Garcia and 2.0. He's like substantially behind them at this point. And it's, no one gives a shit. It's like Andrade in AEW. No one's get, no one gives a shit rather like Malachi Black in AEW. You know, because they haven't really done anything. They've been there. They've had like a feud and then Andrade's been involved in. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you, nothing has gone anywhere with him. His entire feud has been a, like, his entire run, Andrade has been an absolute bust and we were, you know, convinced to be bigger plans. I think, again, there's a sliding doors moment where he doesn't go to AEW straight away. He ends up in New Japan where he's kind of more part of the storylines. You can put him into LIJ with Naito or do feud and stuff like that. But you would fit it more naturally in, possibly. And, you know, maybe that would have worked that bit better. But I don't know. Maybe we've just seen the truth, which is, like, he's, you know, he's not going to be a big star. No matter how much we want it, and he might look like it, he, he's another one of another one of these guys who comes from Lucha who you think has all the right tools, and then yeah. whenever it's there, it doesn't really work. But the creative isn't helping in him. He's right to be up. I think he's right to be upset if you know he's telling the yeah. truth in these interviews with the uh, with the Mexican press. You know, like he, remember when he came in and they put him with Vicky Haskins? Vicky Haskins, <laughs> Vicky Guerrero. They put him with, yeah, with yeah. hair. Like that was horrendous. <laughs> Then Chavo, yeah. then like you know, he spent. He feels like he spent the last eighteen months wandering backstage, getting into arguments with Matt Hardy over the contract of ten. Now with no buildies in a mask versus career match, it's just yeah. It's like it's like the uh, Alistair Black argument, Andy. It's like you know Gareth would, would, would when he was on here was like, well, fuck it, who cares? It's only Alistair Black. He's shit anyway. I don't think Andrade is the best wrestler in the world, and it's probably at this point no real travesty if he does fucking leave. But you've got to say, like, they never really gave it a proper go, have they, so far? Like, it's not like he's been positioned in a nice place on the roster or had, like, a, you know, a solid singles feud he can, you know, hang his hat on or, or like, something that, you know, or pride a place on TV on his own rather than, you know, doing this endless hardly family, family office stuff. It's just, yeah, it's been a shit show, really. I've been, if he's upset, he probably should be, you know, and there's a... A couple of belting matches in there. What a two. Yeah, you know, but well, even like towards the end of his WWE run, when he was doing those odd matches with Rey Mysterio on SmackDown, that was pretty yeah. good for this. Like, yeah, at least he's yeah, involved. Well, they're going back to like who owns private party now, aren't they? With bloody <laughs> Matt Hardy. Uh, when I said when I seen that last week, I like, oh, can Matt Hardy bugger off, mate? It's it's completely running. Yeah. God, it's completely run its course, mate. It really has. Like, I mean, I, I just look at, like, that kind of angle is just, it's, it's a stable that if it was just deleted, pardon the pun, yeah, um, and you never saw it, who would miss it? Really? No one. If you took no it one. away, no one would miss it. They're not integral to anything. They're a reason for a group of wrestlers who are under contract to somehow have a reason to tag together. Which isn't really a good enough reason, but we've not heard a storyline behind it other than he's like wealthy guy who comes in and buys the Hardy family office. But it's, it's like Leo, Leo Rush were doing that gimmick, weren't it? Yeah, like the well, the wealthy guy who got a lot of money from like bitcoins and what have you, and being a rap music and that. And now it's Harry Davari doing it. Now it's Harry oh. and Davari doing the trust busters and. 
Andrade, he's got a few quid, but all he can buy is Butcher and the Blade, and who, who just randomly turned up this week out of mothballs. Bloody hell! Yeah, just just all over the gaff. I was thinking, I was thinking though with Andrade this um, this evening, like what what was like his last great match, and I think it was probably was it like Johnny Gargano in NXT. Five star match that one. He had a couple of mad lucha matches on. Like, uh, Matt, uh, was it with was it with Phoenix? That he had one of those like a couple of really crazy, like a couple of pretty wild matches that he would have. I think it was mainly relegated to Rampage. I know he must uh, that could or could not have happened because you're both looking at me blankly. Yeah, did this happen or no? With me, it's kind of touch I'm, or go. No, I know. I know. The Derby match. The one with Derby yeah, Allen no, weren't there. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, I remember that, but even that storyline just like but died on the, it, died on its ass. He's the poster boy, like Alistair Black, like Miro, all of those guys, those broken, like Steph says here. You know, Tony signed everyone under the sun, and obviously he used their uh, Punk and Brian. You know, who'd have thought? But you know, these other guys, these other toys that he bought. Like I say, Andrade and Alistair Black were the first two, weren't they? Remember they were like big, yeah. big free agent signings. I was like, of course, sign them. Like that'd be perfect for AWS up in big cards and. Yeah, I don't think even either of them felt like open mid carders uh, huh? since. So yeah, I wonder how much of this is shoot, how much of it, like it's like the the mask stuff. It's like with with ten, like that was something they were building in like January, February time, and then they forgot about it, and now they brought it mm. back and like. A mask match, really? Like it just feels like real. Unless it really is his exit to the company, and we're being worked into a shoot. I don't know, but yeah, Simon says a Matt Hardy feud. It really is a a good Sandy can't be arsed with you. Um, and yeah, like uh, like Bitcoin Barry for him, you know. Came in Bitcoin Barry, you know? yeah. It's just, uh, that's the AW quote unquote upper mid card for you, isn't it? But yeah, you know, I guess and it just clogged things up. Mm. That's it, yeah, and mm. that's, that's the problem. It's one of it's one of I'm I'm done picking favorites now. If two people are gonna, you know, if, if, if even if it's Andrade that leaves, fine, you know. If it's Alistair Black that's that's gone now, fine, you know. Maybe that'll that'll make some space, but based on this dynamite, <laughs> it probably won't. Because as people leave, more people come in. As we talked on the weekend show, JP, you know, Roosh getting a deal. Apparently, uh, Bandido, um, while he was in the ring, uh, WWE were uh, inquiring about it, about him. So Tony offered him a, a contract there and then. Um, of all the people on this dynamite, Juice fucking Robinson. Um, after oh. a three, after a three star banger with John Moxley, apparently, and in front of a crowd that could not have given less of a fuck no. about the uh, the eighth most over member of a uh, of Bullet Club. Apparently he's getting off of the deal as well, like Mister Banger. Like in a maybe in a world where you need, you know, you've got a, a short roster where you need, you know, you're out there, you know, your, your workers worker to be in the. Uh, not everyone has to be a main eventer, solid mid card uh, wrestler to be out there to churn out these three point two five star classics. Maybe you get him, but in a, in a world where you're AW and you've got five hundred wrestlers in the contract, it feels like the uh, the last thing they need, Andy. Yeah, it was death that match. Him and, him and Moxley. Moxley, like, coming off like a title win, and then you see the week after, it just feels like, hmm, he doesn't really look, he's, he's not really looking like a champion against, like, someone who, you know, died on his ass on impact. And, yeah, it's like, how, how does he earn, like, a championship contenders match? Oh, they, oh we'll go back to, like, two or three years ago. Oh, no, he, he's, he's one of the only people out of two to beat Moxley this year. He did mm. the best to retrospectively make it make yeah. sense. It's just, you know, you've got Lee Moriarty under contract. Just, you've got a lot of, 
a lot of good. You, I know he's on Rampage. Nah. You got a lot of good wrestlers on that contract who could do this part. Do you, do you really need to bring in Juice Robinson? I, yeah. I, 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 I mean, I mean oh, that made sense with the Jericho match. I mean, I mean, I mean, TK, uh, TK could have just put in his favorite side, Jay Lethal, and still got a three star match. There's <laughs> no point bringing. <laughs> no point bringing Tony Storm's bag carrier in, is it? That's all it is. He's backstage, and Tony can't help it. But be like, I'll use yeah. him. You know, I'll use him. There you go. There's another wrestler to add to my collection. You know, it's yeah, yeah. can't help himself. But it's even worse because it's not like he's a big name, and in the AW world, he doesn't mean anything. Now we were talking about ten Preston Vance. If he unmasked or whatever, they'll get a reaction from fans. Because there'll be long-term AEW fans who you care about things like the Dark Order, even as anonymous as they've been after the whole Hangman Page winning the title stuff that's gone on. At least he will end up meaning something. But Juice Robinson, it just doesn't make any sense. There isn't any net gain for it. And we've spoken about people leaving. And, and it's a mad thing, but I'm hoping people leave because then I think you'll end up with a better TV product because then you'll just be able to focus on people because you won't have... 50 other people to further confuse the situation, but it was just the epitome of absolutely meaningless. I was yeah. watching that match. I was so fucking bored. I went, oh God, I was like, I don't care. The result's not in doubt, like in any way, shape or form. And even though the main event, the result wasn't in doubt, that was like at least bloody fun. Whereas mm-hmm. Juice Robinson, he just thought, is this really you, are you putting your best foot forward here? Is this you trying to get a job? Because... Really, you don't really add anything to it. The way I put it on Twitter, it's like, I really like Bandido. I wouldn't sign him either. You know, it's not even a bias against, you know, you want if you want to tell me that Juice Robinson had these fucking four-star clap crowd New Japan Cup matches and he's so improved and this rock-hard gimmick's going to get over, whatever, if you believe that. Even if you think he's the best wrestler in the world, they don't need another new character. They just don't. It's you know, as we talk about, it's not the fact that they don't you know they explained who he was and they gave it the background. It's like any TV show I watch. There's a limit in a brain space to be invested in in characters, and there's a limit in TV time, and there's a limit in resources, a limit in everything. And Bandido's the perfect example. He went out there, and I wasn't really into the idea of this match, and then he killed it. He really did. He went out there. He hit all his big spots. You know. Doing the you know the the big fall away slam off the top you know the yeah. finish Jericho for his part was was up for it and going for all these big spots bit of blood in there Bandido killed it in that main event and in another world I would that I'd be standing here going that man deserves an AW contract and to be honest when AW started I thought he made a bad call why did he sign with ROH when he was part of the all all uh, all out main events we all expected him to sign with AW. There's a million times and places where I'd be screaming for AW to sign Bandito. Not now, though. Like, they just, what's he going to do on the show? You know, it's like, he's not like for like, not, I said this on the weekend show, him and Phoenix aren't exactly interchangeable. They're very different characters. But like, use Phoenix as an example. Like, does he really get time and space on the show as, as a singles actor to stand out and, you know, be worthy of being on the show a lot of the time. Not really. He's doing six-man stuff now. Mm. Bandido, is he Is he going to get a better faith than him? Is he going to get a better faith than all the guys we listed before? Your Miro's, your Andrade, your, your Tommy Bellens of the world. Like, you know, as Steph said, yeah, yeah. You know, there's no link on Tony's bank account. That's the issue. He's playing for, He's playing football manager, JP. He's playing EWR yes. with a limited budget. And he just wants all these toys. We'd all do it. I've, I've done it playing EWR. I signed too many upper mid-carders and I haven't got storylines for them because I just like them as wrestlers and I want them in my yeah. toy box. 
but I'm not yeah. running a real wrestling company. You know, he is. Like, transfers are exciting. Yeah. Mate, transfers are exciting, aren't they? That's what people like. It's what, oh, we want new things. We want new toys. That's what fans are like with that kind of stuff. It, and it's, it's, it's Nottingham Forest, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's also what he did in Fulham. Oh, with Fulham, yeah. Up. And they first came up and they bought 10-odd players and it kind of ended up ruining the dynamic of the team. And you just can't help but look at like a lot of these signings. What it's, it just ended up really doing is clogging up spots that really that, that there was no that idea of them getting into the main event scene it was like well they kind of all blocked each other didn't they in order to get there and so what we end up with is just loads of wrestlers who are just milling around and yeah like i said before like you know with bandido it's it's not a slight i know it's not that you he's an excellent wrestler who we've seen have some like really good matches like you say he he absolutely killed it i watched this i was like Jesus, I'm impressed yeah, with Jericho. Was, the match was really good. Like it was a four point two five, four and a half style match. It was fucking great. Like it was great. Yeah, four yeah. point two five. I think I might. Yeah, I'd say for a four point two five because I just thought, yeah, that's absolutely on a week where I've seen some really good wrestling. Like it was the thing that I was kind of like surprised by just how well it how well it all worked in the end. But it's we see this with AW all the time. And then what? You're signing them, but to do what exactly? To go where? What? To be in some ROH promotion? Is it happening? Because they're not exactly, you know, it's not a TV landscape where it feels like that's going to be happening anytime soon. If so, he's already been there and done that. You Like, how are they ever going to use him? It's like they have, you know, this idea of what they're going to, I could see them, like and this sounds awful. At some point, just tagging them with the Lucha Brothers to do some sort of trios thing if they ever work to pack out of Death Triangle, yeah. and it'll be and it'll and we'll all complain that he's not being used. And you go, yeah, because it's just not enough spots, not enough real estate. You need to let some people go because and who are the people you're actually going to focus on? Plus, plus, as well, plus as well, JP. Like we've um, even before with the Juice Robinson match, the amount of number one contenders there are in that bloody company at the moment. So, oh, like, Angman Page is like the number one contender to Moxley, but Angman Page is facing Rouge, so that's an obvious result there. Angman Page is winning, but then you've got MJF with his big, his big chip in the uh, in the in the rafters, which is always getting shown. My my God. That's uh, that's turning me off. Um, but but it's it's so bleedingly obvious that like MJF's probably going to win the title sometime. But then in that space of time, we'll have another two or three number one contenders with a battle royal or a tournament, and it's just going round in ever decreasing circles and just ending <laughs> the same old mess. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it, the, I feel like the problems are obvious. I feel like we're saying them a million times because it's like it's not yeah. even like you can't. These are frustrations, but there's still lots to enjoy on the show. Like I say, the the main event yeah. was a very good match. Like there's an in ring promo we're gonna rip into in a second. It's coming. Don't worry. But there's a. I imagine we will anyway. But, but you know, there was a very there was a couple of very Soft good ones. Robinson comment from What's Simon. This? Soft, is that going to be the title? Soft Juice Robinson. Well, for those of you who are big fans of the Chris Morris series, Blue uh, Jam with the Gush. 
and it will uh, <laughs> we'll know possibly what I think he's he's playing to. We got away with soft cock, have we? We'll see. Uh, I don't know if we can. It's, it's in the list. If not, it's going. In How about soft C star CK? <laughs> like you, like you're a newspaper editor, soft cock juice Robinson. That'll get around the filters, so it'll be an episode for the kiddies to listen to. <laughs> but like outside, you know, the weird things to enjoy on the show. You know, I thought the MJ, you know, there was a again all time a bad segment on this show as far as an uh, a promo segment goes. I thought MJF and Wheeler Utah was very good. Like I, I enjoyed mm-hmm. that. I thought Wheeler Utah was. He's, he's being put in a position that's very dangerous because he's in there having to go back and forth with MJF. And it's not like he's winning every every minute of these exchanges. Like, there were definitely wobbly moments when he was trying to do his impression of MJF and go on about Philadelphia sports teams or whatever, but it felt like he was very much, very much drowning out there. But the overall was good. I like the idea of building an, an MJF and him like mini feud before MJF gets his, his big uh, big title match. I like I like that. I like the segments, you know, where uh, he appeared. You know, you mentioned before, Andy, how much you hate the chip stuff, but I like the payoff of that. I like the way that, uh, you know, MJF was uh, was up there and Wheelie Utah turned up behind them and they had that very yeah. real feel and yeah. brawl in the crowd. I thought that was a, that was a positive on the show. I, I enjoyed that segment. <laughs> I was gonna say we've um, just talking about like Wheel of Utah, another another toy that will be forgotten about soon. Cesaro, oh, yeah, he's lost that ROH, yeah. he's ROH belt, and it's just like oh, oh it's Cesaro. Remember him from last week? Just <laughs> <laughs> mad in it, but no, I I like that bit where it made Utah actually look a credible challenger to um, MJF when he like gripped him in the uh, sky box, but. Yeah, it's probably it's it's a bit obvious who's winning in it. This, yeah, I also think as well. Maybe it's just me, and I think because I like Wheelie Utah. Don't get me wrong, but weirdly, the potential I kind of see with him is as a heel at the minute mm. because, like, like the look of Garcia. Garcia is baby face. He's got that more baby face story. The way that you kind of spoke to him during that as well, and then it was just also the fact that the reaction of the crowd like MJF. And Wheelie U is doing this stuff. You could easily see he's the kind of wrestler who a crowd could turn on. Hmm. And it's how he kind of reacts to it. But there is this kind of like quite nasty petulant side to him, which is good. It's, these are all good things for him. Um, I'd also say as well as Wheelie U, how much, and I'll always bring this up, how much in terms of salary has gone into the ultimate game of getting this man over? Jesus Christ. Hmm. Like You've said that. Even in Garcia, like, a fucking, you know, if you say they're not building young wrestlers, I think we've always got to counter it with he puts a lot behind building these two. Oh yeah, these two have like, if you think about it, MJF is kind of gone past pillar status. Like it feels like he is in the top line of the kind of attractions for AEW, and I don't know if it helped because of the whole because of Hurricane Ian, the fact that people couldn't get to Florida. Maybe they had to do kind of rewrites and the rest of it. That was part of the story. So maybe that there's a sense they could have done some other things generally on the show, but this is one where it's kind of fun in the moment for this kind of a story. They'll go back to it at various points, like with Wheelie Utah and, and MJF, but ultimately MJF's winning and then Wheelie Utah, it's like, well, what do we do then next? Like, well, like, it's a good two. It's a two-week distraction, but there's a lot of this in AEW. This is happening, and then we're having this title match at this particular date and then what happens afterwards, where's that title match going to actually lead to? And I think there, there are a lot of the stories that are kind of missing from AEW. Yeah. 
Well, I mentioned there, we're doing kind of doing one good, one bad here. That was the, uh, I think, the best in-ring promo segment on the show. Um, the worst, though. <laughs> it, 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 was, it wasn't um, Anna Jay on the mic, was it? Oh, that, that, was, hor- that was horrendous. Like, they were talking about getting rid of Sam, Sammy Guevara. Like, they need to call that Jericho Appreciates Society. It's like it's like 13 of them coming out now, all in their, uh, their match in purple. Like, never give, never give air a mic again. Like I, I don't think she's a fault for the uh, audience going from like one point two million to eight hundred thousand. But you know, over the course of the show, I think it was the hurricane and the competition and the news and all of that stuff. You know, but as many other people have said and as we said on the weekend show, but good lord, was she bad in that segment? Again, not the worst on the show, but she no. fucking sucked. Uh, just let let Jericho and the two point oh lads talk. You know, let them uh, let them carry it. And uh, you know, even even Daniel Garcia was uh, was best than there in that segment. Yeah, def- definitely. Did you think with the um, Daniel Garcia thing, I've seen someone um, try and think this um, happening this week where during the tag match, the uh, Daniel Garcia ends up siding with Jericho and Guevara. A bit like uh, Ric Flair and Anne Anderson. Uh, Ric Flair just turning thinking. on Sting. Yeah. <sighs> when he gets the, the hot tag, one of the greatest turns of all time, just comes back, yeah. does the strut, then punches Sting. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Um, no, I, I, I think... This feels like I don't think that it was their their plan to go this soon to the Garcia wanting to be a wrestler thing and it that be in the outcome, but I think that I think the Jericho Appreciation Society's got so many people in it that it was just a, okay we can get rid of it we can we can drop Danny from it we can yeah. move him on and and it's I think it I think it feels like a promote you know we didn't talk too much about the ROH title stuff but the 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 I think the, the Jericho was ROH champion stuff which you know like you said is kicked uh, Claudio to the, to the curb a little bit. Feels like something they came up with as an idea two weeks ago. Like when they were reshuffling the deck, going, okay, there's no Punk, there's no Buck, there's no Kenny. What are we going to do? Jericho stuck his hand up and went, well, how about making me the ROH champion? And then me and Danny Garcia can do this story where, you know, eventually, after I face all, you know, a load of ex-ROH champions or whatever the plan is, eventually, you know, Danny's the, uh, the one to beat me. I think that's what happened. I think that explains why... It felt like Claudio had another, you know, few months with this belt at the very least, and it's been snatched from him to mm. do it. I think that's that's where we're headed. I think so. There's then there's going to be various other ways where they try and I don't know. They'll probably end up having Daniel Garcia lose to Jake Hager, lose the pure title, and what is really a nightmare scenario for you? <laughs> Jake Hager doing ways. pure rules. Ring of oh, Honor, pure, yeah. pure champion doing pure rules. I can't imagine if you said that to sort of again to speak to 2006 Benno and explain to him that this is something that could be happening in 16 years' time. Like, he'd just be like, What the fuck has happened to wrestling, mate? Jericho <laughs> fucking standing there with my belt. Um, yeah. Is, is, is bad enough. <laughs> Never mind. Are, are, are we getting the um, Jericho versus John Walters match that we all wanted or what? Pure champion, not world champion, but it could happen. World you know, champion, the, yeah. The pure, that's the thing, like the <laughs> list of like, because you know the list of champions Jericho could face. Like it's not, it's not as long as you think, but it's not as short as you think. Like there is, you know, there's a lot. Of, you know, I think Joe will happen. You know, being uh, under contract yeah. already. Brand, Brandon won't be putting him over. <laughs> I think that. I think. I think that could Look happen at the pay per view if they held off on it. 
Could be, could be. Gresham probably isn't turning up. Um, I think the more recent champions are more likely. You know, you're, uh, you're maybe maybe a Matt Taven, JP. Maybe you'll get that. Dalton Castle. You know, he's knocking around. You think yeah, be, be, that's be a rampage made of then, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Christopher Daniels. I don't think they're going to go as far back. I don't think. I don't think we're getting Loki. I'd love it. I'd. I'd it'd be. Loki on national TV once again would uh, would make my year, but I think he just refused to put Jericho over, so I think we'd end up with a uh, with a standoff there. Um, you know, as much as uh, they might have many other things in common, um, but yeah, I think that itching that won't happen. won't happen. What was that? He, he's itching to book fucking Loki though, Tony. Ah, no. But he had the he opportunity, fucking... didn't he? When he had Daniels and Brian on the uh, the anniversary of the first show, he didn't bring oh, Loki yeah. in for that. I don't know. I. I'd love it, but I mean, I don't think Xavier's happening. I think there might be uh, an issue with, uh, with yeah. that. Yeah, him be- being dead. Yeah, that could that could uh, scupper the plan. <laughs> Sorry, Simon. Um, <laughs> good suggestion, though. <laughs> James Gibson's probably that coming in. Morishima, Morishima could be one. They could uh, could they dust know, him off? A bad way last time when he was rested and shit. Yeah, in he's Japan. not. Uh, He's one of the uh, one of the the never was of uh, of of pure out there, mm. unfortunately, despite his uh, being pushed down our throats in our each those years. But maybe Jerry Lynn comes out of retirement, uh, semi retirement for a match. Mm. Like, mm. Davy Richards is already uh, politicking for for a match. Or he beats up Jerry Lynn, and that causes Daniels to come out, and that sets up the Daniels match. <laughs> maybe it's kind of like a nice guy. Yeah. Maybe Michael Elgin. Uh, no, I think Xavier is more likely. Oh no, than Michael Elgin. I, I, I honestly thought <laughs> they were doing the Jericho thing. thing. Because from a sales point of view, the idea of trying to pitch Ring of Honor as a TV product is easier if you've got Chris Jericho as the champion. And you say, we're going to have Chris Jericho on it. He's going to be the champion. He's going to be the person to kind of set up on there. Um, so, you know, that's the kind of, like, I wondered if they were going to do that. But it probably is a lot more haphazard than that, that they just thought, we need to have you on TV. We would kind of want you as a champion and people chasing you. But what are we going to do? But it does then come into the idea of how many title belts do you have on a show, which is, I know, completely done to oh, death yeah. I've at got, this point. I've got no yeah. issue. Like, maybe it's just me. I've got no issue with the ROH belt main event in the show. Like, I, I, I just don't think that's mm-hmm. a big deal. It's one of your belts in your company. You can have the argument of, should it be one of your belts in the company? Should there be this many belts in the company? But once it's there... I don't think it's the end of the world that it may. I, I think that's a that that talking point about how Moxley was in the mid cards and that was the main event. Well, one was a proper title match, one wasn't. Like you know, whatever. Yeah. And it's on Jericho, who's a big star, so it is what it is, isn't it? Um, could bring him. Um, like Steph says here, though. Yeah, doubt they're getting ROH TV even with Jericho. Like that's yeah. you've been you've been bullish on that JP. That the landscape is not such that it, uh, it seems likely, especially with you know there's talk of uh, Time Warner. Merging you know, WWE and uh, AEW could be under the uh, the same banner, couldn't they? With a uh, USA com- coming under that ownership as well. There's so, yeah. many, so many moving parts. I don't see that. Isn't edge. Scott Demore saying stuff about access and them trying to find another deal? I mean, I don't know if it's possible. There's always been a thing. There's enough wrestlers to sustain new products and brands, and WWE can always through having like the platform themselves to be able to produce stuff for Peacock. They'll always have a platform for it. Like with stuff like Level Up, which I never watch, but or ever will watch. But with something like Ring of is there the kind of, is it sustainable as a TV product? I kind of don't know. This is where we get into the kind of rating stuff. And I think there's probably, you know, this pitched in line with where you kind of expect almost it to be a little bit under a million, 
or a little bit over a million and kind of that's generally the kind of ballpark that they're in at the moment for it but I think um, it'd draw less, wouldn't it? Less oh, yeah. than rampage, you'd probably get into hundreds and two hundred thousands. Depends on the app. levels. If you yeah. sell it off to like, if you can get an Apple TV to yeah. buy it, they'll pay money. They'll pay crazy money. They paid stupid money for MLS and the US men's and women's national team rights, like two and a half billion or something like, like that. Am- Am- Amazon would be one, wouldn't it? Because yeah. they're, they're always looking for sports rights. You know, with lot Premier less eyeballs. I just think, but, yeah, I don't think there's any external party that's going to buy ROH as a TV show. I think all that's going to happen is if TNT slash TBS get their shit together, it becomes an extra hour of content for them. And they take it. Mm. Remember like when NXT ended up on USA Network and they kept the number secret because it was so low? It'll be like that. I think that's the that's the best possible scenario because I actually I don't agree I don't think the rampage rating could be much lower I think that's the number of people who are willing to watch wrestling at ten o'clock on a Friday and if it was called ROH Rampage four hundred to five hundred thousand people would still watch I, I yeah. don't think it's because it's AW isn't it? it's just more AW under another name it doesn't yeah. necessarily it isn't really its own at least you'd have a focus on a Friday night. At least you might make it look different. You might run it from a, like smaller arenas and stuff like that. Oh, you get with the advanced ticket sales, like would probably you get rid of like a dark elevation, wouldn't you? Because that doesn't really serve a oh, purpose. Yeah, you know, like if they want a main yeah. YouTube show apart from AEW Dark, they, the they can they, they could do that. one. Is maybe a positive because they they haven't pulled yeah. that ripcord yet and gone fuck it. We're releasing Dark with ROH because we're taping those anyway. We might as well just to do something. They're still holding out hope. Um, I like Steph's point here, by the way. That, yeah, you know, she said that doubt they get an ROH TV even with Jericho, but then if they do get it, as if he's going to stick around, she right? He'll ditch the belt yeah. in a month, nah. he'll be back on Dynamite. Already. <laughs> Job done. Well, <laughs> like, I know we haven't mentioned it. Roosh, gone before Christmas. Some sort of big blow up backstage. He's got the big money deal. Nailed on. November. Yeah. Until Qatar Pro Wrestling come in with some crazy bit and he just fucking, oh, let's face it, he'll turn up in AAA. You just don't know regardless, with or without an AEW contract or CMNL, one of those. Well, I was going to say, we've, dan- we've danced around it, but yeah, we do need to talk the other uh, big promo segment on uh, on Dynamite this uh, this week, lads. Uh, Andy, what did you make of it? Our Soraya, she's, uh, she's the revolution, and I am the revolution, and AEW is the revolution, and here is the revolution. I think that's how the promo went. Fuck me, was this bad. I don't know if I agree it was the worst segment in Dynamite history. I think it was up there. I think there's some uh, some some Brandy Rhodes-related uh, and Cody Rhodes-related mm-hmm. ones that it would maybe maybe pip it for me, but fuck me, was this bad. Like, if this was a lesson of not what not to do, like, one, she's coming out there and we've got no idea what her role is in AEW and they're terrified to, to tip you off one way or another. Is she a wrestler? Is she a GM? We're not going to say she's just going to come out here and make vague pleasantries about how, you know, the women's division in AEW is going to improve and, you know, that, that, that she's going to lead this alleged revolution behind it and something, something, you know, my boss listens to me now, a couple of side swipes at WWE. And that stuff's bad enough, but I think the worst thing about it, and I've heard this positive peddled of like, oh, well, you know, she... The, the women's division got all this time on TV and all these women got their, their face... They got their face seen as as faceless jobbers in the background of a... Pit, uh, Soraya is the star 
Stephanie McMahon Divas Revolution segment. It was exactly that. That's exactly what it was. She was cosplaying Stephanie McMahon down to, here come all the good guys, here come all the bad guys that are going to stand behind me like like good soldiers. Tony Storm, the fucking champion. You know, no, yeah. she's a lesser star than me, Soraya, who we don't even know, you know, if her, uh, she can she can ever fucking wrestle again, never mind, take a bump. And they're all standing there like jobbers. Jamie Hater is right there, the next big star of this women's division, whose push has been put on pause because of whatever Thunder Rosa bullshit is going on, or because they want to get to this Soraya, Soraya nonsense, the crowd are cheering for her because they don't want this fucking shite and it, and instead what we're supposed to accept that it's like this big positive step for this alleged apparently we need a revolution jp in the aw women's division and that revolution is going to be led by a, by calling a lumberjack match a lumberjack match and not a lumberjill match like oh cool they got a lumberjack match is that something we're supposed to celebrate yeah. it was so so fucking retrograde it was so you know oh we're giving the divas a chance 2014 WWE yeah. garbage. It was fucking shite. When you said Stephanie McMahon Divas Revolution, that's what I had down, like it, written it, down in my notes. It was. It, it was. It was so like that. You know when um, it was when they debuted Becky Lynch and um, was it Sasha Banks with like Team Bad and Team PCP or PCO, what they were called. Yeah. Um, yeah no, it was so, so much like that. It served, it served no purpose, this did. It just made things look worse because really what you did is it felt like you tried to shoehorn an entire division into one segment while making them all, like you say, sub, basically subservient to um, a an authority figure. And it was like, and then also while admitting that your division's bad because this is what you need. So like it never, it didn't succeed on any yeah. level. Tony Storm could not have come across as any... Um, like less important. Jamie Hayter got that big reaction as well from the crowd. And it's just like, you could be going with this. This is big stuff that people kind of want to see. The crowds are reacting. It's a slow burn story that you've kind of threatened to tease and you've not gone with, like you say, because like at the time when you should have done this, like instead you had this angle kind of come about like for doing it. And I remember at the time he's like, okay, it gets the pop, but now what? And this is where we get to the now what bit. What are we going to do? We'll have you as a as a basically a GM. Well, all of this is lifted, like you say, from Raw in 2014. That's like all of this stuff, the entire segment, the entire layout, just it was it was bad. And I was mm-hmm. watching, and she just seemed to not know what she was going to say. So for all that kind of talk of the, the kind of like big creative and whatnot, I imagine she had a fair bit of leeway to say what she said, and she didn't deliver on it at all. It, so, it's when it's when she kept, she she said to like someone in the corner, "Don't tell me how much time I've got and what have you." So, yeah. oh, just pissed off. It was TNA stuff. Yeah, how TNA would bring someone in. I'm I'm from I'm from WWE. I'm angry about the way that I left there. And I'm going to come in and make this tiny company big because of my sheer presence. That's pure TNA booking. And then, and then even worse, the person is the real star. Yeah, again, that's TNA, isn't it? That's exactly what it yeah. is. And even worst of all, they stuck her on commentary. Oh, and the match was all right, you know. Like for all my, like well, I couldn't concentrate on it though because one, I yeah. was thinking of the shit show I just saw, and two, Paige was fucking going on on the commentary, just yeah, awful, awful. Don't put it just, on just, again. 
just totally distracting away from the match. I mean, Serena, yes. Serena Deeb a couple of months ago was like a legitimate challenger for, for yeah. you know, for Thunder Rosa, and they, they've shat the bed on her, as, haven't they? To be honest, and t- like you said, Tony Storm when they did the all introduction, it just oh, it, 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 who's this? Who's this loser with a belt? She's just like mm. inferior to everyone. Felt inferior to um, to Paige. Yeah. Even Britt Baker ended up. Even Britt Baker. They don't know, JP, yeah. whether she can wrestle or not. That is insane. Nah. Wait until you know. Like, you know, <laughs> wait. Then bring her in as a wrestler. What are we doing? Yeah. It's it's so fucking... This is really fucking bad. Like, I, I, like, I don't have any faith in this now. Now, I know that they've... And I never know what to make of it, but that All, all Elite Women trademark, which I suspect now, rather than being what I would prefer it to be, which is a, a program dedicated only to kind of like what would be the women's division. It'd be their complete showcase, but that, I don't think it's going to be the case. It's reality TV content because that's what they want. It's cheap and it's easy to syndicate and the rest of it. And, it, but this just kind of shone a light up to all of those issues that people said around the women's division. It, this entire segment shone on it, whether it's certain characters being stale, whether it's the champion looking inferior, whether it's a GM, the raw kind of like vibe and feel to it. It was, it was re it's really bad and it serves no purpose. And there is a story like we've say before that you that they could be telling as a completely side story that doesn't need the title of Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker. Mm. And that would be interesting. And their fan base would be into it. And they're just like not doing it. So the point where they're going to hold on, but yeah, Steph says there about all elite women being a reality show about Paige trying to get clear with the rest of the roster as a supporting cast can completely see that. I think one good thing about this segment was Jade Cargill was nowhere to be seen yep. near these near these Muppets. And even she's cooled down over the last yeah. few weeks, but she she's the star of the women's division. All over. It's, the division was already a wreck, and this just yeah added yeah. to it. And I just don't see the way out of it. Obviously, we'll talk about a little bit about what's going on this week coming. But you know, they they booked a fucking six woman match with fucking eight people each caught. It's one of those. It's a graphic that sums up Dynamite. There's 27 people on the graphic, one of whom is is Soraya. Yeah. Like how they stick that. I know she's been like you know self-effacing on Twitter about it and being like, oh, you know, like I was a bit rusty, sorry, type of thing. Like it was. A lesson in like there isn't it is it's like um was it Leo Rush who said it? It's not always the it, it, as much as it seems obvious. Let the wrestlers go out there without script. Let them cut their own promos. Some people need direction. She was someone who needed direction. She was someone who needed bullet points. She was someone who needed better material. To be honest, if if this was her idea, just awful, just awful. Idea. I, I think I think one one highlight though with the women's division was um, the match on Rampage, Jamie Ater and uh, Willow Nightingale. They were very, very like solid TV match. Both got over. Both could come across as likable, but it's just if they're gonna, you know. You know. The crowd are into both of them, aren't they? They are, yeah, that, yeah. They're also yeah. in the Willow Nightingale, who has that kind of real natural baby. I didn't see Ram. Very bubbly, isn't she? Bubbly Not personality. Mostly. Yeah. Don't worry, mate. You've seen Rampage, even if you didn't see it. As soon as as soon as you read out the card, I imagine in my head what the show is going to be like, and then it pretty much like, yep, I don't need to see that. 
<laughs> you got two hours yeah. of it coming this week, mate. Got Rampage and, oh, uh, and Battle of the Belts, which is Rampage Junior. So, uh... <laughs> well, Pack, Pack and Trent Beretta for just it'll be all right, but fuck me. Is that on Battle for the Belts? Yeah, mate. It's 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 like some fucking performance art version about how to do the shittest version of Clash of the Champions. Those Battle <laughs> of the Belts, aren't they? It's just like how bad can we do Clash of the Champions like this? Like, I was so fucking excited when they said they were going to do those specials. I was like, oh, hello, this is interesting. We're back in that era. We're giving away like kind of proper three-hour cards and the rest of it. And now what are we going to get? An FTW title match. Maybe they'll just off the uh, the ROH, uh, the old uh, trope, the, 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 the trophy they had for, uh, for the young boys. Uh, they had like, uh, you know, Pelly Primo and uh, Davy Andrews and wrestlers like that going for right. the top of the class trophy. That's coming back. So Fuego, Fuego del Sol versus Eli Isom, here we come. Yeah. <laughs> Battle of the Belt's main event, that'll be. Um, yeah, I feel like somebody at TNT or TBS promised Tony like a three-hour Clash of the Champions type thing that he built up in his head, and then when they told him he only had an hour four times a year, he was like, fuck this, I'm not bothering then. Because uh, that's that's what it feels like. It, and it's always around the time there's been a big, there's just been a big world title match just to kind of throw even more water on the whole battle of the belts. Uh, you know. Yeah. yeah, very much. Not the Clash of the Champions was, you know, we don't think that was, let's, let's be clear, I'm not saying that was WrestleMania, um, you know, but update that for a modern audience, you know, you could give it a bit more weight, um, or at least give it that that amount of time, um, or, or, or at the very least, give us the fucking randomness that uh, the Clash of the Champions uh, gave us, although it's got none of that appeal, has it? Um, Battle of the Belts, it's just... <laughs> It's Rampage Hour 2. Um, Dynamite this week as well. Two, and hour, two hours, 15 minutes of that, JP. So we haven't got enough wrestling to watch this week. Because uh, there's going to be plenty going on. Oh, mate, there's fucking loads this weekend. It's terrifying. Have you seen that? Well, I mean, we'll get into like the uh, the rest of uh, everything going on on the weekend um, when it comes to uh, the weekend show this week. But have you seen the uh, the Dynamite uh, Dynamite card for this week? There's a uh, they are trying, you know, they're, they're trying to push the the idea that it's a big anniversary week and you know it's uh you know it was uh what was it three years ago jp when me and uh me and you were in uh in germany when uh when uh when, when this whole company uh four years i think it will be you know got going yeah. you know it doesn't uh, doesn't feel that long ago but uh but it was um on uh on tv they gotta try and uh try and celebrate um as only they can mjf wheeler utah uh, is on the card Hamman page versus roosh um paying paying off the uh, the many the many uh segments where uh, hang on adam page is the fourth most uh, important person in the segment including the ones with dark lord the goops backstage <laughs> so you get that yeah. uh darby allen versus jay lethal because you can't have a show without jay lethal uh daniel garcia and brian, brian danielson has built up uh this week in what was a really weird ending to that opening promo we didn't really talk yeah. about where it felt like they were building the match for that week's Dynamite, but apparently it's this one, Garcia and Danielson against Jericho and Guevara, um, which seems like a big deal, Garcia teaming against his, uh, his stable mates. And uh, t- like I say, the aforementioned six woman, Tony Storm, Athena, Willow Nightingale, uh, with Soraya, of course, against Jamie Hayter, Serena Deep, fellow like fourth, with Britt Baker, uh, Operation Get As Many Women on Camera As You Can, in full effect, uh, Luchasaurus, in action with Christian Cage in his corner, and of course, apparently JP is National Scissoring Day, um, so there'll be something going on um, with the acclaimed, which is quite funny considering uh, Billy Gunn is uh, conspicuous from his absence on uh, on Monday Night Raw next uh, Monday, which is their own uh, 
big uh, big uh, <laughs> raw anniversary show. I wonder how the uh, how the crowd will react. I wonder if there'll be a daddy ass chance on uh, on Monday that they'll uh, I'm sure be uh, doing laps of uh, of honor about on Wednesday. I wouldn't have seen a situation where he's not in WWE for that kind of segment as well. And he's the one who's won the contest of being like the sort of remaining active kind of wrestler out of all of them. Mm-hmm. And he looks the best out of all of them, doesn't he? By a fucking country mile as well, given the state of him. But National Scissoring Day, I haven't heard of it. I don't know if there is some sort of like acknowledgement by the US federal government of National Scissoring Day. It feels like a like potentially it's the kind of thing that could be taken in the wrong way. So, yeah. <laughs> but do you know what? I mean, I'd sooner have the acclaimed coming out and doing that than having a pointless kind of three-way tag team match in a nondescript kind of title defence, as I imagine the one on Rampage was. It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anything else from that uh, from that Dynamite standout to you, lads? Anything uh, you're excited for coming up this week? MGF really. will be a laugh, won't it? MGF. Yeah, that'll be yeah. in the match. It'll be in the matches. It'll be, uh, it'll be strong. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Garcia and, uh, and Daniel. Yeah. Uh, Jericho and Sammy for that story. Um, but yeah, any other notes on AEW in general? Then? No, that's it for me on AEW. The Tuesday yeah, one, so, yeah. People will be listening to this. Bet your dynamite was a killer, and the Soraya uh, segment uh, blew everyone away, and it made up for last week. Maybe that's uh, yep. maybe that's what's coming on dynamite this week. <laughs> yeah, another case of recording, and it ages really well. <laughs> well why what, what why is it on the why is it on the Tuesday? Is it because it's like an M- NBA game? Oh, or? that's that's not this week. That's in. Um, Two weeks are, I think it's two right. weeks. Yeah, that's the Toronto Westminster one. Dog Show, mate. Yeah. Back to rear its ugly head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember them. Is it fucking dogs? Do you really see, like, I don't know, BBC moving kind of, I don't know, Premier League match of the day out of the way? Croft's highlights. We always do this every year. You'd be like, fucking off. BBC Four, on you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, if that's it with uh, with AEW, we can get into the uh, the other stuff uh, we've been watching uh, this mm-hmm. week. And uh, Chief Among It, JP, I know you want to have a little bit of a, a chat about Stardom. Um, did it yes. feel wrong me uh, me doing the uh, mentioning the results on Monday on the uh, on the update? Thought I'd leave it for you. It would, you know, whenever you say the names of any of the Stardom roster, Probably. I find it entertaining uh, enough on here, and and hopefully we'll we'll get a chance to. Um, it'd, be, it'd be good for us to get Karen on in the next uh, next couple of weeks, and be able to talk about kind of some of the fallout from this. But I'm not the only person who watched Stardom this week, Andrew. <laughs> yes, I, I did. What I did watch it on uh, Mr. Billy's site. Good lad. Uh, what a, what, a, what a good lad. Really cool. Yeah, it looks like a big, big event, JP. Oh, it was a big, like, yeah. like the one with the big kind of, that was better than bloody Wrestle Kingdom, frankly. Yeah. Like, it's a huge screen, screen, that's in it. Oh, fuck me, that's a screen. I mean, I don't know if they have the same cost of living thing in there, but the horror I would have at switching on the fucking lights and that turns on of just what's going to happen to my bill in the meantime. Look yeah. at two and a half thousand pound fucking cap on the base rate which is another false claim from the conservatives but we won't go into that <laughs> like you just smash that out with that video screen but yeah andy it was it was funny you were saying the last time you watched it was the hair versus hair match with julia yeah. and tam nakano 
yeah, and lo and behold, it ends up being the uh, final, doesn't it? Of this one, yeah. the, of this one. Predicted that on honest, the weekend show in a really glib way, but I'm quite happy with that. Right? Yeah, with, with the air versus air match, I remember giving it, um, I think about three point seven five. But mm. with that match, I went in cold. And the, these um, two, like Julia matches, were on this show. I went in, um, you know, stone cold. Mm. Um, the first one being that Suzu Suzuki. Yes. Uh, so there's a whole uh, story Julia. here. I don't know if you're aware of it. Right. So I was I was wondering that because when Julia made her entrance, she, she had like a, a tear in her eye and they looked very... Uh, you like, they must have been friends previously or are they friends now? Yeah. That's what I wanted to ask. So this comes back to... And like, if you... Honestly, the best idea for this ever to get a primer on it is to read Karen Peterson's reports on post-wrestling. Yeah. Um it is like, um, and she's doing some stuff actually for Bushiro currently, where she's producing kind of articles on the history of stardom leading to the mm. X over event. I'll just throw throw in that that plug there as well. But basically, the kind of storyline here is more about um, that she was in. So that so Julia started off in Ice Ribbon. Yeah. That was where that is where she was, and. Um, Susie Suzuki was also at Ice Women and they were big friends. They were very, very close. And then Julia left. That was like the big thing was was Julia kind of um, like having this kind of mess on here. And it was like the whole thing about this. I, there was an Ice Ribbon faction who'd left Ice Ribbon and came in as another faction called Prominence. Now there's... Uh, yeah, I've seen, I've seen Prominence on the uh, tagline. Yeah. yeah. And that's basically the Ice Ribbon invasion army. So... Right. There's history there for that, and that's why you end up with the tears in there as well, um, like with with her and Julia. And it looked real. If they're acting, and fuck yeah. me, they're good. Yeah. Like, well, so, uh, Julia has her eye patch on, and you can see like a bit of a tear rolling down there, couldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. But um, uh, no. What what, what, yeah. So with this match, I think are they only like twenty minute time limit? Fifteen. 15 minutes. So one of my notes is it felt like an absolute, you know, breeze to watch. Um, yeah. you, you sort of forget how hard they hit as well. Like there's no, there's no bloody pulling, pulling no. punches. That is a, it's just fucking full whack. Yeah. Just really, just really good to watch. I like high quality, high quality level. Yeah, there is. There's a, general level of quality that these cards have and you mentioned about the 15 minutes i think that 15 minute time limit is an absolute godsend yeah especially if you're watching stuff gold because there's stuff on this which on the app gets like three stars but it only lasts six seven minutes and there's a reason for it to be on the card because it's part of this tournament but because it's only 15 minutes and they're going through so many matches on there because you're gonna have a final at the end of it they make sure that they go through it but, but so was, this, mm. so was this like a semi-final or like the final of like the group final stages? Day. Final day of the group stages, winner of the Blue Stars block, which is Julianne versus the winner yeah. of the Red Stars block. There were various kind of like mathematical stuff that went into it. The fact that Julia and Suzu Suzuki meant she was kind of like hanging on. And I want to say, I think if, if, was it, if Shuri won, then she would have gone through and then Shuri had lost. So is it basically all she only needed a point to win? She only so, needed a point, but yeah, she was like yeah, just properly sure like to get hanging to the end. on. Yeah. yeah. Like terrifying, like in case you might end up in the playoffs instead. Yeah. <laughs> Where as third place team, you'll inevitably lose. 
because that's just yeah. what happens. In, in always happens. Football. It's always always the middle two win the playoffs. Mm. I, I mean, I, th- what do you think of Julia? Because I'm like between, I mean, we spoke about this. What did you give this match? So I gave it 3.75. I thought this was like kind of I went a really good four. bit of beef worked at a real like pace. Pure ice ribbon beef. Yeah, I, I, I went I went four stars on it mm. just because it was a nice, easy watch. I think Ju- Julia, she's uh, she's got a bit of English in her, hasn't she? She's like she's English. Born in Italian. London. And yeah. I want to say one of her parents is Italian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it shows that she could probably, you know, transcend into um, other markets. Yeah. You know, like with the different languages and, and what have you. And she's, she's got like a look and everything. She's... She looks yeah. a mega star, doesn't she, with her entrance and and what have you? But yeah, she um, carries herself. Yeah, yeah. It's very similar to um, she. She's you know very ground based, isn't she? Like submissions yeah. and that. And good on the ground. Found interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because she can. I've seen it. So over this period of time, like the her and the Tam Nakano match. I mean, I I really loved that. That was like mm. kind of like having seen that match coming in. That was like stuff that, uh, you know, it was the thing that kind of kind of got me switched on the stardom that something's really going on after sit after hearing WH talk about it, going actually no this is good they're really telling their stories very well they've got this they've got this kind of big roster like they don't they have one where they have a lot of wrestlers on there but they're all basically homegrown yeah it's you know it's a cracking youth policy. They're all, all like young twenties, aren't they? Oh yeah, it's like the Lamasia of wrestling is the Stardom Dojo. You just go there and you become good. This is how like Jamie Hayter, it, like if if you put Tony Storm back in that system with them, you'd see a notable improvement. Zaya Brookside were one as well when yeah. she worked, worked over in in Japan, it's, made a name for herself. Could be it, could be a thing. Just kind of like moves it up as well. But um, I think with Julia, what it is, and it's always been the case. I mean, like, because, you know, you could think of her as just being a look, but she has the bona, f- bona fides and she can wrestle a variety of different matches yeah. and she can have the big dramatic matches and she can work still to a sprint and she is getting better, it feels <laughs> like, each and every time and looks like it's her time. Yeah. I would say, is, is Julia and Tam Nakano, because I've seen with Tam Nakano, she has a belt, doesn't she? Is she, like, the main... Like champion, she isn't. That's Shuri. Oh is the, right, is the is the main is the is the main um is like the main champion, and that's because obviously it was Julia versus Tam Nakano in the final, and yeah. then with Julia winning, she then challenged Shuri to the what is their big show, which is at the end of December, which is December 29th and they um it's in Sumo Hall, so yeah. like that's a big arena. So I've got a bit of hope on that. Julia is very much one of the pushed faces um, of like, when I've spoke to Karen about this before, about like there's stuff that I don't see because I'm not following into it, into yeah. kind of like Japanese mainstream culture, but they're used within like kind of beauty products and various other kind of like advertising and marketing opportunities. Well, I've seen the other week, um, like on Twitter, didn't they have some like bloody swimsuit and bodybuilding contest? Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I were asking um, Connor, who's a, a listener to, to the show, when oh, I seen yeah. him last week, and he yeah, he said he's like a year, a yearly, a yearly thing. So he's like yeah. dirty. What's he called, Rossi Ogawa? Yeah, that is the one, and they've done. They've made moves to kind of move away from what a lot of the Rossi Ogawa stuff was kind of yeah. like, but basically. It is a case where I love how Benno's commenting in the chat here while not being on camera. Yeah. For those those of you watching on the live too, I love this. It's just this enforced absence from it. He'll switch the camera on, he'll have a smile on his face and just go, I go, Are you interested, Benny? Go, no. And then just yeah. want us to move on. But um I it'll be the, the impression I get there he is. The impression I get um at at the moment is that I mean, is that Tan they've got a very they're very well served for kind of wrestlers you can slot into the main event picture. There's a lot yeah. of them who they can work with. And I think it is the kind of place where if women wrestlers in the States can do it when everything is properly opened up in Japan and you're going to get to a situation where a lot of women are going to want to work there mm. because they'll realise it's like it, you won't make the most money, but by God, it's like the best promotion to be in. And the fact of how much Bushi Road appear to be going all in on stardom next yeah. year, that's going to make it kind of fascinating. Then it will be interesting to see who will make moves to try and sign some of them away. Julia is kind of the obvious one, which I suspect this is why they're putting the title on her now. Because yeah. I could see people putting in big bids. You could see WWE putting in big, big bids. Oh, easily, easily. You know, right. like obviously they took Io e- e- Shirai, didn't they? And uh, yeah. Kairi Zayn, who's like gone back to stardom now. But yeah, no, they're the sort of ones like you know Triple H will be looking at, and uh, yeah. you know because there's a uh, she. Well, I think she'd do do very well. But I would say with like AEW, they tend to focus on like is it like Tokyo Joshi Pro wrestlers and. Even ones who've gone over from the UK are generally going over to Tokyo Joshi Pro because they've got like um, mm. you know a working relationship with um, Eve over yep. here. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see if you know that you and know say like an, like an Alex Windsor or a Kanji go over to Stardom for maybe a month or a Rio. Doesn't the world are good? Yeah. And it's like, it appears to be like, if you are going to want to go and improve, that's the place to go. They're the places to go to. And to mention on Tokyo Joshi Pro, I mean, they're not a company that is doing badly. They've sh- they're have they one of the cyber fight companies which have shown like a bit of growth. Now, admittedly, there's more money being kind of spent on it. But whereas you look at Noah and it kind of flatlines with a lot of what, what the crowds, what they're actually drawing, Tokyo Joshi Pro, I think, does that bit better. Does it like a lot more under the radar? Stardom is getting many of the plaudits, and it's it's one of the few companies that's shown growth, certainly all throughout COVID. But mm. they've been on the upward curve now for about four years. Stardom, like really, like looking at them as like oh, okay, since the Bushi Road deal has come into place, it's like it's st- stabilized them financially, where yeah. they can perhaps afford. Where New Japan's gone down. That's that's gone up. So it's and- like. And I think this is how we end up with, you know, we're talking the end of November where they're doing the the crossover show with New Japan. We've got Ju- Zack Sabre Julia. Zack Sabre Julia. Yeah, Julia and Zack Sabre Jr. teaming up, which is a cracking name. And she came well, up with that. So, But, but yeah, the, the, that main event, uh, Julia mm. and Tam Nakano, I ended up going four and a half stars on it. 
I thought it was but much better than the air versus air match, which is like a good match. But yeah, like some of the stuff in it, it was it that tiger suit tiger suplex by Tam to Julia right off the top roll, and Julia just went like terrified, like, like fuck taking that shit. Yeah, <laughs> it made me think of Omega and um, Okada when they had their first match in the dome, and he yeah. got the dragon suplex off the top. And a carter falls on his neck, and Steve Carino's just talking about like seriously, that's not the kind of bump you ever want to take. Yeah, yeah. But um, oh. even when it got to the end of the match, and the, you, you know, if you like the dramatic sort of, you yeah. know, staring in into their hands and all that, but not so much of it. But you know, booting each other in the face, and it, it's yeah, it was just really just good. There's a real history. There's a real hit, which for that audience, backstory. there's a real history between them. Yeah, there's a backstory. So there's a reason for them to fight as the way that they do, even though the hair versus hair kind of brought that part of the story to an end. And yeah. then what you get is Julia kind of getting the wind back. But 17 minutes. 17 minutes? 17 minutes. And they fucking went at it as well. Yeah. They really went at it for like 17 minutes. I went 4.25. Um, there was just like... just. Yeah, like you mentioned, like some of the stuff on there, but it's just like an all-action 17 minutes where the crowd yeah. is really invested. It gave them the win that they wanted to see. It was more important for Julia to win. Like a redemption day. story, in it? It is. Yeah. And they're building to that, and it feels like she's going to be the next champion. She's going to feel like her and Shuri, obviously there's a whole storyline with them being in the same stable and Don, are, are, are they are they like the bloody I don't know Taylor and Van Barneveld? Uh. <laughs> That's a uh, I, it's, I, did, I didn't expect that comparison to Taylor <laughs> Van Van Barneveld, but like they are. I mean, Shuri is kind of this is the good good thing is they've all got their own little different traits. So Shuri's yeah. like a former MMA. She fought for UFC. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, a yeah. UFC card. So she is definitely like her credibility and her bona fides like you can't be doubted but Julia feels like the biggest star and yeah. so it makes sense they haven't really gone with her as champion so ah yeah so, so sure it, 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 better comparison to be like Shuri would be Taylor and then Michael Van Gerwen Julia is ready yeah. to take the crown sort of thing yeah that's basically the way to think of stardom and if yeah. you want to think of Ice Ribbon Invasion as when you know a group of PDC so when Glenn Durant Grand turns Slam. up, Grand Slam. <laughs> he's basically Suzu Suzuki. Like that that's who he is. So there's a lot of parallels between Stardom and the world of darts, which if Benno, you'd been here earlier, because I know you've popped back in, you you'd have appreciated a lot more. So yeah. Just agreeing with you. That was I thought I thought that was I thought start I don't know, Andy, would you go back into stardom again? Um, probably on the off chance if I've got time, but no, I enjoy I enjoyed watching those yeah. two matches, so it was worth my time. How was the tournament as a whole, Jimmy? Um, well, I haven't seen most of it. Let's be honest. Like, <laughs> however, on the app, it's got there's some really good ratings in there. There's a lot of stuff that's like kind of got generally over four stars. Even looking at this final day a lot of stuff that's healthily three and a half stars the whole way through. I don't think anything dips below three. Like, and obviously it's smaller sample sizes than for larger promotions, but the work rate quality is there. It's just that we've, like we said before, we said this on the weekend show, 
this started in July and it's fucking October. Like, wow. Christ, that's just ridiculous. Like, there's the silly length of it. And they were holding other matches in there in between. And I know they're trying to, like, kind of drag like drag it out for in, in terms of sales and stuff like that. But fucking hell. Like, that's a long... You're not going to maintain my focus. And I'm predisposed to kind of liking them as a prom, um, as a either. promotion for what they're doing at the minute. Awesome. Um, mm. Anything more on that, JP? Was there, did you see what some other Puro? I've got some other Puro on here as well. I'll do them really quickly. Don't worry about this one. First of all, we're going to go to Noah, um, which you never know with Noah. It can go one of two ways. But guess what? They've only just got like you had, uh, like you said on one of the daily updates, I haven't spoken about it because I didn't know this match was fucking happening. Oh, yeah. The one was the Keno versus Kaito Kiyomiya at, um, what is it, Grand Ship 2022 in Nagoya. Days um, gone by, this would be your, yours and Gareth's time to shine, this. It would be, well... Whole last hour of Spotlight. So the main event, like, we're, it's Kota Kiyomiya winning the title. He'd won the N1 victory. You know, you'd think this is great things to go on to. It's just that it's happening at a point where there's still a bit of a lull in attendance. So it's not like a big crowd there for this. So it didn't have, I think, the kind of atmosphere that you, I don't know, it was a good atmosphere, but it wasn't kind of like amazing um, as much as anything. I went 3.75. I thought it was like a very good match, but I've seen these two do better. And it's probably because I knew the result. It's a bit far removed from it now. We, you know, had about a week or so. But um, my biggest fear is at the end of the match, Fujita came out, poured a beer over his head, and I was like, oh, fuck, right. Is this a gateway to putting the title on this cunt? Yeah, and I've said it now. So I don't know. Bring it fucking on, people <laughs> who seem to get mortally offended by any negative commentary about Vegeta. If he puts over Kiyomiya and does it properly, not in a twattish old man type way, um, then it might mean something. I But if they put the title on him, I wouldn't be fucking surprised because it turns out maybe that Keno doesn't want to lose it to Vegeta, so they have to put it on Kiyomiya in the meantime. That wouldn't be a mental idea. But a lot of what he's doing now, let's be honest, is basically a, is a KG Muto cosplay. He's doing a Shining Wizard. He's doing his kind of like a slightly more athletic version of that elbow drop that, Muto, um, that Muto would do. Um, and yeah, it, it was... I thought it built up nicely towards the end, as you would expect in a kind of main event in a in a Japanese wrestling. Um, it's just, ultimately, I'm not mad about the direction it's going and I'm not convinced it's going to be a long title run. I think they, they need to build and establish things properly. But the Keno title run, it's like, well, I don't know why they put the belt on him then, really, in many ways. Could they not have had him beating Kojima? It's, you know, there's weird... It, these things happen with it. And I suppose they like the element of unpredictability, but I thought it was a match. It's fine, but you don't need to go out of your way to see it. A um, couple of stuff I would really recommend. And I didn't expect to, on the, I, I flicked through the all Japan 50th anniversary. It was fine. There's nothing really to go out there and watch. It's just the idea. They did a decent crowd in Budokan, which is 4,900, a far cry from the heyday of the constant sellouts in the, um, in the nineties. But, um, so yeah, that was all Japan. DDT though, I watched two matches from that. A couple of fucking crackers, I think. First one, I only went four stars on it. Yuki Ueno versus Cara Noir for the DDT Universal title. Really this is sense. from the What's Going Up show, or whatever 
weird name they've, they've, they've given it for that. It was in the semi-main. Crowd fucking loved Car Noir, loved the entrance. Um, the fact that Yuki Ueno is really good. I thought it was you know, like the crowd liked the gimmick, but also it was very athletic, kind of really kind of quite sharp, brutal 13 minutes. Um, there was a move that Cara Noir did, I thought was great, where they were just running the ropes and then he just sort of managed to lock on a sleeper and the legs round him while he was moving. Yeah, it's the, um, the swan song, it's called. It's very good. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember seeing that when in the times I've seen him before live. Yeah. Some really brutal bumps on this <clears> as well. Um, Yuki Yana Reina won, then kind of says some stuff in Japanese about how great he was, got him to stand up. He was getting, you know, he was bowing to all sides of Kurokan Hall, you know, which had cheering in there as well. So they were like well into him. He looked like genuinely emotional about it as well. So, and that was like all for 13 minutes, all of it, you know, mm. the, add the entrance in and you're probably talking 18 minutes, but they fucking loved him. Um, I went four stars on that. Have you seen this card, Andy? I've not. I, I knew um, Karen Noir was um, wrestling over there. Yeah. So I, yeah. he'll be back. And I think it's the stuff that could work in Japan as well. Um, mm. And then the other match I saw is one that's like, I mean, it's certainly the highest rated match for September on, on Grapple, but also it is going to be one that I wonder if this one's going to work its way into the my match of the year list. Um, Kazusada Higuchi versus Kunus- our old friend Kanosuke Takeshita. Who was back in DDT, um, and he was very much promoted as a big return. They were using a lot of footage from AEW of his match, particularly ones that like against Hangman Page um, and stuff like that. Um, this match, you would have seen the GIF. It's oh, all it's about the... dragging. It's yeah. Takeshita dragging Higuchi to headbutt the post. The Nigel McGuinness. Uh, we were just yeah. missing Japanese Benno stood in the corner with his hands on <laughs> his head. I think is all, all that we missed there for that one. Um, but yeah, it was, and at that point, then the match escalated because weirdly, it wasn't even though he was bleeding a little bit. It was Takeshi who ended up bleeding because he get delivered some brutal fucking headbutts afterwards, and there, and it was kind of great from that point onwards. Um, flew by, like Higuchi. There's, oh, this is going to sound a weird comparison. I got kind of big Undertaker vibes. If Undertaker was more athletic. And just generally a better wrestler. It sounds like, I know, if Matty was here, he'd be fucking slapping me down for saying this. But because <laughs> he does big man moves, like he's got a claw choke slam, which he was really digging into like the cuts on his head. Um, and it and but he does it in a way which is really athletic as well. Um, like just good big power moves. They're both two big dudes, and they were doing some really good stuff, like the from the point he was bleeding, he kind of like had that story of Takeshi changing his kind of offense to move quicker. Um, and in the end, like it was like, it kind of, it was a running headbutt from Higuchi for the win, which is better than what I've made it sound. We're just describing it as a running headbutt, but I went 4.25 on this on the app. It's averaging over four and a half. Uh, it's one of the ones where I think it might end up in my top 10 list because it's going to be one of the matches I kind of remember. That I think it will end up sticking in there. But even though I've not gone massively high on it as a rating, I can see it being the thing when I, you know, when you pull the list together into the end, you go, actually, I remember that match. And that has to be part of the rationale for it to be on my match of the year list now. Do I remember it? 
like a year where there's like a G1 slug full of like four to four and a half star matches. I don't really remember one from the other do you, but something like that can stand out, can it? So yeah. that's the thing. Um, yeah. Anything else you've watched, JP? That's it, mate. I was all around Japan this week. I was at one point, and between catching up on some Inoki stuff as well. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> what else have you seen? Anything interesting? No, nothing interesting. No. no was it all right? Yeah, Thursday, Thursday night grabs. Um, Irie versus Dan Maloney was a very high quality match, I would say. Um, Try to think what else. Um, oh, Future Shock on Sunday. I thought um, Ashton Smith and uh, Damon Lee as the main event was uh, very, very good. Like, like for obviously like a local level. Um, Ash- Ashton look, 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 looks the part, I would say. Damon Lee holds up his end of the bargain. He's always been good on the uh, Northwest Sea. Yeah, yeah. He's been the champion there for like. Whether there's a Northwest match, Ashton Smith versus Damon Lee sounds like. (laughs) And you know know what? Joey A's got involved in the finish as well, and that's another Northwest legend. But no, I thoroughly enjoyed that match. And also, uh, Alexis Falcon and Lana Austin was on the show. That was, you know, really good to watch. Good stuff. Now, it's funny being back. Three shows in the space of four days at British Wrestling. Old school, mate. It's like I'm back. Bloody hell. Not again. And you weren't banned from any of them, mate. You're doing well. (laughs) We don't think. No, I'm glad. Good to see you back on it, mate. You and uh, you and Jeff and following all the uh, the timeline the night out. To be honest, like Tuesday night grappism isn't really my scene. Like the one I went to was fine. I didn't love it, but it was it was what it was. But it did look a little bit like it was like Brit Res 2019. Like it was like you know the yeah. the fact that Brooks is back, you know Aussie Open on the show, like that mix of talent. Plus throw in like some like fresh face people like like a Leon Slater, you know, uh, Ethan Allen doing his last gig as like the the host there. You know it. Kind of looked like something resembling an all right scene, didn't it? I know half of them are going to fuck off back to Japan again, but you know, it kind of it did maybe. I looked at it yeah. and went, I don't think I've had, Between I Japan and Formula One, I don't really hold that much hope for <laughs> yeah. the company's long term survival. <laughs> there is that too, yeah. But well, I, I, funnily, enough, funnily hmm. enough, it's be, they're being moved out of the frog and bucket after the next show and they're using the um, bread shed where um, cats run. It uh, looks like permanently next year, but hey, it's one of them, just wait and see. You know what, what they would draw mm-hmm. without Aussie Open and and Brooks being there, but eh, no, nah, enjoy myself. That's the main. That's the main thing. As long as you're getting your value for money and a good night. Well, uh, I'm still fifty fifty on whether I'll be doing progress on Sunday. Gareth uh, was trying to talk me into it. We'll see. Might, Go might be good review fodder than I'm. Speaking of progress, the only other thing I watched this week was uh, WWE TV. And I can get this done in 30 seconds, Raw and SmackDown. Fuck all happened on SmackDown. I know you're a complete stand. Are you still watching Raw and SmackDown? <laughs> nah. No. I, I'm glad I got rid of BT Sport. Uh, well, that was why you were making, making uh, the most £25 a month uh, subscription. Um, Steph's uh, freebie. Yeah. She got off BT, ran out after September, only back for 30 days. Gutted. Um, so <laughs> I'm still I'm, I'm on the uh, on the watch wrestling again. But yeah, I watched SmackDown on Friday, just Friday nights. Missed the first, the opening of the show, and watched the rest. Fuck all happens. Like, literally nothing. Uh, you miss absolutely nothing if you didn't watch that show, unless you're really, Love it. really into your fiend lore. 
um, and you love a good barcode and you love a good uh, Simpsons reference and hey, there are lots of people out there who do but it felt very much like a after roster stuck in Florida um, show so let's bring in a couple of Raw guys and uh, and make the most of it nothing happened on Smackdown Raw, Raw was kind of a lot of the same three, three hours of uh, of nothing I think I, I saw Suit Williams uh, chose that one to tune in and he was like is this the WWE people are telling me is like a million miles better I don't know I couldn't argue with them because this nothing. Not that I'm one of the people who thinks it's a million miles better. It's definitely been more watchable, but this felt like a Vince McMahon raw. There was just nothing going on. Lots of Judgment Day drama. Fucking Dominic Mysterio was a you know was a teenager who discovered Hot Topic. Um, that's his gimmick. Um, awful stuff. Has he got a snooker ball in his mouth yet? Or being strapped <laughs> to a chair. It's coming. If it's got nipple bucket, clamps on. That hasn't happened already. She's yeah. greater on his bollocks. That's where we're going. Daniel Cormier's turned up, hasn't he? Like oh, he's refing the match with Rollins and Riddle. Yeah. That's a big, big get, but it's something yeah. they should have advertised more in advance. That's a very non-Vince get, to be fair, because you know Vince would look yeah. He couldn't beat anyone up. He's short and a bit podgy. You know, he wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have allowed him he's on get, TV. He's getting his replacement for Gable Stevens. Stevenson, isn't it? <laughs> I, I wonder whether or not they'll get Cormier to do some sort of match at Mania. Wasn't, he's always wanted to. He loves that stuff. He loves a wrestling. Sign, a good sign, though, because, like, on Raw, because it's already been announced, they had him cut into a Seth Rollins, Matt Riddle, I saw segment, it. and it was a pre It was a really obvious pre-tape, and he was announced that he was going to be the ref. It's like, we all already know, and it's really obvious you're not there right now. Why aren't you at the show? I don't really... If it feels mm. really like, like you said, JP, they came up with the idea over the weekend and just hit the... Uh, Hit the, hit the go button on it but yeah the, the one thing I would say that was uh, worthwhile seeing from Rush Chad Gable and Braun Strowman was alright I'm enjoying uh, Chad Gable's uh, mini Kurt Angle run right now um, but um, Mustafa Ali um, was finally got got back on the show against Lashley they had a really good little match it was like a Mustafa Ali refusing to die situation and Lashley kind of although Lashley's a baby which kind of hurt the dynamic a little bit they worked the match really well. It was a good showing um, for uh, Mustafa Ali. It'll go nowhere like every other mini Mustafa Ali push they've uh, they've done. But if you were going to make time for uh, five minutes of uh, this five hours worth of TV, that's why not? I'd say. Why not build to Lashley Reigns? I don't know. There's a match that could be interesting. I'm just surprised in the end what you didn't end up with is just like an animation of a rabbit bouncing into view with <laughs> straw hat on, and then it basically inserts itself so it just starts yelling with that fiend smile while it disappears up his own arsehole and explodes <laughs> just to reveal a middle finger and it just says fuck you WWE universe the end yeah. there was a segment where Alexa was backstage and like he did one of those things where he flashed it on the screen and like people were freeze framing it and going that looks like the fiend's mask on the wall it's like no that's a shadow we have them. They're called shadows. Yeah. It's like when people find like the face of Jesus in like their mashed potatoes oh, or something like that. Wait, <laughs> to, to like... quote to quote Peter Kay, when it's just like, oh, you know, and I was stood by his grave, and then a pack of quavers came by, and he loved quavers, litter and wind love. It's not, it's not God. <laughs> <laughs> That's just all it is. But they're, they're going to get the big moment. These uh, these these Vincels, these fiendophiles, WWE Extreme Rules is of the weekend. So it will be a. Uh, one of the many things I imagine we'll be uh, talking about on next week's show, Matthew oh, yeah. JP. I think that'll be a Tuesday one as well, um, just as a, as a programming note. And then the week after, we do have that weird Tuesday Dynamite, which means we might have a discussion about what we'll do. It might actually be a Wednesday spotlight that week. That might, yeah. uh, that'll be a fun change from uh, from tradition, JP. But 
yeah, all that to look forward to. Anything else we need to say, JP, before we go? Uh, That's it. Uh, in the in the in the absence of Gareth, I'd say uh, download the app, hmm. get your ratings up, yeah. and also you get yourself to... on there. Even if, even though it's not on VOD, can get your ratings in if you were there live. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, and then uh, patreon.com forward slash grapple. We've obviously spoken extensively about the uh, Millionaires Club versus New Blood DVD, which feels like mis- like just misleading advertising in every way, shape, or form, and that. But loads of other stuff on there as well. Um, obviously, going into October, we've got some more fun shows. Observe this coming up. I think we're going to do some recording this weekend at some point. So, uh, yeah, should be good. Look forward to. Uh, how about you, Andy? What you wanna, what you wanna plug? What you've been up to other than uh, WCW two thousand? Yeah, so um, we've got um, on GCP Podcast One on Twitter. And um, obviously, listen to our WCW uh, two thousand look back. Uh, we've got live show reviews from what we've been to this weekend. And uh, me, myself, and uh, Kieran Laforte are currently doing a deep dive into Transatlantic Wrestling Challenge. I've seen you doing this. What the hell is that? Yeah, so it was um, a, a British Rest TV show from the early 2000s on Meridian oh Meridian yeah. TV. So it's basically NWA wildside wrestlers, including David Young of TNA. For, so TNA which show. area is Meridian? Is that not South Coast? South, Southampton, yeah. that area. Um, again, it's like NWA UK Hammerlock guys, which I was like, Magic's in it, Gary Steele, and there's some like Scouse lad on it called The Tank. You got muscles, Mansfield, the Kung Fu Kid. It's it's a wild ride, but it sort of gives you an inkling into what ITV's thought of British wrestling was. So this was done before you know celebrity wrestling came along. But yeah, no, there's all there's all you know manner of <laughs> manner of people on it. It's a, it's 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 fun. I will say that I've never heard of that. Do you, JP? No. Never heard of this before in my life, but then, you know, it was a weird. Yeah. Granada, all the all, all, all the episodes all the episodes are on YouTube. If you if you like type yeah, it in, right. it's like forty minutes long each of them. And like as uh, Simon says, uh, yeah, Mike Carlson, NFL commentators on there. Um, huh? Yeah, it's produced by Nick Hallin, who was also like a presenter of the NFL on um, on Sky. It's fucking hell. Yeah. I'll have to uh, give that a listen. Maybe you can give it a watch. Could be an idea for us, JB. Yeah. We'll wait till next year, mate. We'll let you uh, you get finished. We'll give it a year's breathing. Yeah, we'll do our we own flash flash. Yeah. that no one's one. ever looked or reviewed it. Transatlantic wrestling, JV. There you go. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, just to reiterate, where can people find all that, Andy, and everything else you got going on? Um, yeah, so uh, GCP Podcast One and myself at Oggy Part Three. There you go. Follow Andy's back, Harry. There'll be a hundred live shows next year, mate. You'll uh, oh, yeah. my ass. There will be. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe Brit Raz is dead after all. Oh well, we tried. Uh, but yeah, other than that, that's it for us for uh, another show. Obviously, like I say, spotlight will be uh, next Tuesday. Plenty going on on the Patreon. We're going to do a quick uh, post show with our patrons now. But for now, for everyone uh, tuning in on the audio, thanks for tuning in for another week. We'll catch you again next week. Bye.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to eleven grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.